Welcome to the Nick and Matt Show. Bringing the player interviews you want to hear and the hot topics you want to discuss. Recording live in studio, here's Nick and Matt. What's up, everybody? Episode 138. It's been a while since we started the show. Nick, we are in our, I don't even know. What does 138 do? That's our, yeah, that's. No, we're, we're in our third year because we started in 2020. So, wow. Yeah, it's pretty wild. So at the end of this year, we will have completed. I think we're in our third year. Mm-hmm. 2020. Yeah. So at the end of this, it'd be a four year stint, right? Like that's where we'll be at. Ish. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> close. Close. Anyways, episode yeah. 138. Cosmic Disc Golf is sponsoring Nick and Matt show episode 138 as they have been. Check out their website, Cosmic DG, uh, CosmicDiscGolf.com, Cosmic DG. Uh, sorry, I'll get it right. Cosmic DG. I'm looking at the, the banner as I'm talking. Yeah. CosmicDG.com. Check them out at Cosmic uh, Disc Golf. And something, something for everyone who shops at Marshall Street Disc Golf, Cosmic DG stuff is actually now there. They have towels, hats, glitches, and hexes mm. with the Cosmic DG stamp on it. So Cosmic making some moves in the disc golf world. Check them out either at MarshallStreetDiscGolf.com or CosmicDG. They're at Maple Hill, too. They're everywhere. And they keep sending me hats. And I like this is not the newest hat they sent me. I had to change it up. Can't wear it everywhere. I like the color combo of that one, though. I like that blue and black. Thank you. Thank you. You know, we mine looks more pink, I think, in person. Yeah, I was going to say, we were almost matching, too. That's all right. Yeah. Um, It's all good. Evan's here, I think. If uh, mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, Evan's in the wings there. Oh, he's full screen. Uh, there he is. Boom. Ooh, full screen. Yeah, I'm not eating mac and cheese anymore. I appreciate everyone letting me eat it during the intro. Do you want to know how many times, Evan, since the episode where we determined that the Berg was your disc, that my kids have <laughs> talked about that? The Kernsberg. Oh, they're like, Evan. Oh, my goodness. They're like, Kernberg. Evan Berg. Evan Berg. They're like, it's so good. And I'm like... <laughs> so, anyway. Man, maybe I'll have to throw a Berg in my bag. Yeah, you're just... Evan Berg. Series Berg. Just sell your own, brother. You could change we'll it. I know it wouldn't be the same, but do the same font instead of a B E R G. Yeah, it's E R G, right? Just do K E R N in the same font, and it would look sweet. Oh, dude, I'd yeah. buy that tomorrow. Me too. I can throw that. Anyway, well, I'll have to call a house of discs after this. <laughs> So we're going to have an update, obviously, on OTB. We always start with the updates. And wow, it was an exciting event, as they all have been. We will get to that update. Before we get to it, just some friendly conversations surrounding PDGA numbers, not rating, that we aren't doing that tonight. Um, (laughs) Everyone's laughing. Nick, you weren't here last week. It came up again. Um, Did it really? Yeah, but PDGA numbers. My number is, I'll just give you the simple version, 48,000. It's not actually, but it's it's for in the forty eight thousands. Um, Nick, what's your number? What thousand? Eighty two thousand. And uh, Ben, mine is one eight. Wait, oh, one hundred and eighty thousand. Yeah, one hundred eighty thousand. Sorry. What about you, Evan? One hundred and forty thousand. Okay. Wow. So, it's what does it mean when you're the lowest number by a hundred thousand at like every event you play? It means that I've been in the sport a while, or does it mean that I'm in the wrong division? Like what? Because I'm playing AM one, and like I'm playing a, an event this week with like sixty AMs, and I am like the lowest by like a hundred thousand at least. So I don't know. What yeah. does it mean? Am I in the wrong division? No, no, 
You're playing to your it, skill level. It just means you are staying stagnant with where you're at. Stagnant. <laughs> well, technically, pros are staying stagnant where they're at. They're just yeah. stagnant yeah. a lot higher. Exactly. They're, <laughs> they're at a good stagnant. And, <laughs> hey, good Matt, you got to enjoy that every single time there's a tie, you get the benefit of the doubt. It's at least. true. I mean, for, that is for a good point. us amateurs, uh, when do you ever play a tournament over two rounds like you know mvp amp side that's about it True. uh so every you, there's no every single tiebreaker you face is just who has the lowest pdga number you don't get yeah. to that second one where then it's hottest round uh so hey that's a huge benefit i'm already receiving that benefit and wow. am too i like i'm yeah. one of the lowest generally so i know hey just got a tie and then i'm the upper wow. card it's my cool. it's cool feet i i I don't love it for the pro side. I mean, yeah. hey, it's cool that Simon Lazada has a low number because he signed up as a kid and Europeans got a bunch of lower numbers. I don't want him always getting advantage to get lead card, even though I love seeing him on lead card or, you know, whatever upper card there is. I think the pro side needs to move away from How that. would you do but, it, Evan? How would you yeah, do it? How would you do it? You can't say, oh, I wish I could see it another it's way. Give us a, an example of what it's you would want to It's too early in this done. episode to cover it too deeply but I, I will give a quick scenario i think the simplest solution is just random number generator oh just randomize it i mean everything's on pdg live uh to do cards anyways uh just random number generator you know sure it would be cool if the pro tour wanted to be like yeah we want to incentivize birdies the more birdies you get that's mm -hmm. better or we want to incentivize people who have a higher standing place whoever's the higher standing least the, ob the, Sure. Yeah. There's there's all the ways you could do it. I think random number generator is just highest rated player. Flip. Can we go with that one? No. Sorry. Hands yeah, player. You think you think like an NFL football game? You know, how do they decide who gets the kickoff? It's a coin flip to then decide okay. who gets a slight minimal advantage. I think a coin flip, as in a random number generator, is a fine yeah. way to do it. Yeah. Although there could be cooler ways, as you guys mentioned. Yeah. I mean, who can arm wrestling? That would be cool. You get to make it a leader feature cards. Yeah. All right. Well, that was our fun little uh, topic before we get into the update. But tonight's show will have the OTB update. Uh, Chris Clark from DiscGolf.Law will be joining us in about 20 minutes. He's going to provide his legal insight in a way that we can understand. Um, if you don't already subscribe, definitely subscribe to their channel. Um, he provides great insight into these legal happenings, which is crazy in some ways. I don't remember this being a thing I, when I started 17 years ago, all the legal news. But the other side is it's getting bigger. I think there will constantly be legal news from here on out, um, good and bad and who knows what, right? But mm -hmm. um, so that will be happening. And then we've got each of us have brought topics tonight. I think Evan's brought a game. Maybe Ben's brought a game and Nick's brought a topic. Brought a and we're going to have a blast of a show. As far as the guests go beyond Chris Clark, do not hold your breath right now. We do have some hooks in the water. Emerson's going to be on a plane, which... In our modern age, he could probably still join, but we're not going to ask. That would be a first. Um, yeah. And the others are not currently able to make it as well. So we've reached out to a few others. It's possible they get back to us during the show, but this is a live show. It's happening now. Let's get to the OTB open recap. Evan, if you're ready, take it away. Oh, man, you, you played it up. I thought you were going to tell uh, ask me to tell you about the weekend and that I'd go, oh, yeah, the Celtics won in game seven over the Ooh, Sixers. Yes, and they did. And oh, faux man. MVP Joel Embiid didn't get out of the second round again. Mm -hmm. Nuggets are in the Western Conference Finals with the true MVP Jokic against the Lakers. But I'll keep it as short as that. No, that's well, fine. I'm gonna keep I it as, stoked as I'm well. I'm going to keep it as Jason Tatum mm -hmm. scored the most ever points in a game seven. That's Let's insane. Go. That is 
Mr. Incredible right there for you. He saved his legacy in game six with that incredible fourth quarter and then just absolutely destroyed the 76ers. It was so fun to watch. It was such nice weather actually here in Virginia that we brought a TV outside and we were all watching it, which was uh, super nice. You know, my Slink subscription ended and I didn't really feel like paying for another month, although I kind of should have <laughs> yesterday. I was too focused on DGN all day. So let's yeah. cover that. Uh, Dude, we had sports ruin that like monthly pay option because you always are like, I'm going to cancel. And then you're like, oh, the Super Bowl, up oh, football, up oh, baseball, up yeah. oh, basketball. I'm like, it's always something I can't. Oh, it's the Olympics this every four years. You got to go. So anyways. Yep. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you're right. Like, I thought I could do it for summer, but it, uh, the, the yeah. finals, uh, the NBA finals <laughs> and NHL are exciting enough. But OTB. All right. OTB. Paige Pierce takes it down. Uh, she wins by four strokes. Uh, which is phenomenal because it is our 41st victory uh, uh, at elite and major events by 41 strokes. That's more than any FPO player has by any margin, except for Val Jenkins and, of course, Paige Pierce herself. Uh, that is remarkable. She is now 34 for 34 as an 100% win rate when having a four-stroke lead going to the final round of elite or major. Uh, that is truly incredible. Like I can't even believe that you could be 34 for 34 and something and, and not mess up once. Um, the notable thing that a lot of people are going to want to mention is there was no Kristen Tatar this weekend. Uh, I got to drop this stat though, not to rain on uh page Pierce's display. Cause she did put up a fantastic mm-hmm. um, 1033 rated round a uh, thousand and four rated event rating, which is one of the best we've seen. Kristen Tatar has only done that six times having a thousand okay. plus event rating. That's a good so one. That kind of event puts into question, rating. Hey, event rating. There you go, Matt. <laughs> but what I do have to say is uh, Paige Pierce without Kristen Tatar in the field since the start of 2021 for majors elite and including throw pink since it's kind of almost a major or elite, but not quite. I did want to include it in this. Uh, Paige Pierce has played 23 events without Kristen Tatar. Uh, or sorry, excuse me. She has yeah, 23 without Kristen Tatar. Wow. I'm fumbling on my own words. Let me restart. Without Kristen Tatar in the field, Paige Pierce has had 23 events since the start of 2021. She has won 11 of them. That's almost 50% win rate. It's 48% uh, to be exact. Still running by a whole number, though. Uh, Paige Pierce with Kristen Tatar in the field, 21 events, just a few less, but only three wins. Good for 14% win rate. That's staggering. And it, it I mean, it says two things. 50% win rate without Kristen Tatar. It's still an incredibly good field. Mm-hmm. And Paige Pierce dominates. But with Kristen Tatar in the field, it is a whole different story. I think it has a whole extra dynamic. I think we can dive into that a little bit later. Uh, to go through the rest of the leaderboard, Owen Scoggins finishes in second. Uh, in the last 365 days, that is 12 podiums from elite and majors for Owen Scoggins. That's more than anyone else. That's more than Kristen Tatar, who was can, 11. Can we take a soft break and... and- because I brought up Owen Scoggins, didn't I, like earlier this season, like three events in or something, and I was like, where is she? You're going back 365 days, which is a full year, and I get that. I feel like last year was that way. Is there any quick numbers on, like, finishes this year for her? Like, For Owen Scoggins? Yeah. Yeah, let me pull it up. I mean, yeah, 365 days is, you know, more last year than it is this right. year. I'm trying. It's a good stat, and I'm not trying to like throw it out. No, but I feel like I was like, I, I'm not going to say yeah. surprised, but if you look at Disc Golf Pro Tour standing, she's second right now, and I feel like that's sneaky. So, what, what do you have? 
Yeah, so she finished second at the Disc Golf Pro Tour last year. That's how mm-hmm. she ended her season. Coming into this year, she did. Uh, she finished eighth at Vegas, mm-hmm. third at Waco, picking up a podium, 15th at Austin, 11th at Music City, which are outside top 10. That's not very own-like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then she goes and does Champions Cup, second place, OTB Open, second place and that's not even including silvers in that uh she has a third place at blue ridge and a third place at texas states as well uh this season wow so, yeah when we include silvers in it let me do just 2023 that's five um, podiums this year and three non yeah five from eight 63 percent podiums oh, man i'm i'm just surprised like i'm surprised with the feeling that my brain has compared to what's actual reality because it's probably because those three were mixed in there where it's like 11s and 15s and eights. You don't really talk about that player on that week. So anyways, sorry to interrupt you again, but I I just, I'm surprised. No, that's the point of this. We want to discuss it, but I I do want to go back and correct myself. Uh, She has the most podiums in the last 365 days out of majors elite and silver. I think I left out silver originally, but just Mm. want to be clear on that. Emily Beach rounds out the podium. That's her third uh, Disc Golf Pro Tour elite podium of her career. Um, Very cool to see up there. Ella Hansen coming in fourth, respectable finish. She was in it towards the end. Uh, And have to know Katrina Allen finishing 11th. She picked up an 11 in the final round. I I didn't count how many OB strokes she had in a row, but if you watch the live coverage, you'll see it. she just never crossed in water. Uh, probably, I think it was probably three or four extra throws where she just went water, 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 like USDGC hole 17 style. Uh, picked up an 11, her worst score on a hole uh, for data we have since 2021. Mm. Going OB, over to M- OB, you oh. know what OB does? It makes ratings higher. <laughs> Goodness, Matt. We're moving on to MPO. Emerson Keith wins. This is his first uh, ever elite or major uh, win. It's a 75th MPO win uh, from all PDGA tiers or uh, tiers and events. Uh, But picking up his first elite or major win. uh, I think a lot of people knew Emerson Keith before this event, but we have never seen him really battling for that win and he goes in and gets it down aaron gossage was leading into the event he ends up finishing tied for third that was ben's pick we were talking in our mm-hmm. chat what was going on a few just missed putts and just who that back nine he kind of got Couple derailed more than a few where, where did, more than a few probably like eight or ten i don't know where did ben get his his um my where, intel yeah like was it just previous three years he it's played just, well there? I'm the prophet. Okay. I mean, that's what you guys called me. And, you know, I guess as Robinson, I guess Cat Merch. And I almost guessed. But yes, honestly, I'm obviously not a prophet. But, um, you just felt it because of previous because years. Because of previous years, he's played it so well. Probably one of the most reasons I did is because it was his breakout mm-hmm, event. Mm-hmm. And if you're playing that well as, as someone that, Mm-hmm. isn't really on the pro tour is kind of struggling and no one really knows about you and if you play that well i'm like you, you can do it again when you're actually like more confident on the tour but i was surprised at the amount of changes there so like he did great for the amount of changes still similar style i had picked anthony barella yeah he, kind of out of a hat but this is he's been demonstrating good things and he, yes he lost one stroke to gossage but like I feel like that was incredible as well. Ella, we thought was in it to win it till the end there, as as Evan said. Mm-hmm. Evan, who was your pick? I'm trying to remember. 
Uh, I'm gonna get to it in a second. Let me let me finish up okay. the players. I already who, put the points down. So okay. Let me exactly. let me finish up the players who played well, and then we'll get to my pick. Uh, and the embarrassing for my pick, but I, I we'll we'll get to it. You're not a prophet. Uh, we we need to mention Gannon Burr here. He came from the fifth card. That needs to be very clear. From the fifth card, and almost won. He he birdied nine straight. Um, uh, almost starting on hole uh, nine. Uh, almost had 10 straight if he birdied hole 18 that would have tied the longest of the season the longest birdie streak that is uh if he took it down from the fifth card that would have been the first non-lead or chase victory we have seen on tour we have not even seen a third card winner we haven't seen a fourth card winner but we almost saw a fifth card winner and uh didn't we we just i mean we've had him on like eight times a season but when he was on just last didn't we say like hey are we going to have like a chase card? He's like, I think we might have a third card winner. And fifth. Was, he literally said fifth. He did? Yep. It was a number. No way. We some need guy, to clip some that. Guy wow. really um, Someone I think so. Um, some okay. guy DM'd me. Someone clipped it. Some guy DM'd me and he wow. said, he DM'd me earlier. What's his name? I just want Joel. Shout out Joel. Thanks for DM me. He said, at one hour, 48 minutes, 50 seconds. He almost called it. He said, we might even see a fifth card winner. Oh, that would have been. Oh, okay. Wow. So close. If he. If he had birdied the final hole, which he set up, he was set up in a perfect position. Had he birdied that, we have a playoff. Yeah, of course it it changes up. Emerson it had changes like well, how Emerson's going to play. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, he, but Emerson could have birdied more to get the outright win. It could have stayed the same and gone to a playoff, or could have put more could've pressure on Emerson yeah. because Gossage was losing a lot of strokes even mm-hmm. after Burr was in the clubhouse. Keith was able to play the last couple holes just purely safe. Was just he knew that he had two strokes on burn could just go par par, I believe. Yeah. Um, so it, it had that lead to play with, but if he had to catch strokes, that would, would have been a whole different game. Uh, it also would have been the largest comeback we've ever seen starting in the final round of an elite merger ever uh, at seven strokes that Burr was trailing Aaron Gossage, the leader into the final round at uh, the only other time we saw that seven strokes was Dave Felberg at the 2010 Skylands classic. I believe in Pennsylvania as a national tour event. Uh, Shout out disc golf monthly. They actually, I'm pretty sure have the coverage of that. And oh, it's, sick. it's wicked fun to watch back in the OG YouTube days of disc golf monthly. That is good to know. I was trying to, I was like trying to like confirm it as we were like uh, doing it. Cause we have it all calculated back, but just wanted to actually yeah. see it, but I couldn't find it, but that is good to know. Yeah. Uh, Nico LaCastro was leading into the final round. Mm-hmm. Uh, but interesting enough, LaCastro dropped a third and there was almost a playoff. Or sorry, excuse me. There was a playoff. There was almost a playoff at OTB. There was a playoff at this event uh, between Dave Felberg and Matt Oram. Matt Oram ended up losing. And remember, Matt Oram has never won an elite or major event. So that is interesting, too. That's not. Whoa, whoa, guys. The way he emphasized never. You heard it, right, Ben? He's like, I, he, he has never won. Never. I don't mean to disrespect him. Just saying how close he has been, even though he hasn't won. Ooh, that guy is very good at disc golf. I hope it doesn't seem like a dick. He's the best. <laughs> Bro. He's actually the you, best player in the world. You hate Matty O and I hate Calvin. It's just is what it is. Like, Evan it's not hates Matty O and Paige Shoe. Not even. Inside joke. He doesn't actually hate Paige Shoe. Inside show joke, I should say. <laughs> he goes, so, or Matty O. <laughs> you do okay. hate Matty O. <laughs> We also had Cora Dolan and Isaac Robinson finishing on the podium. That feels like it's been the standard all year. Isaac Robinson in the last five events has finished top five uh, in every single one. 
the only other player to do that, uh, of course, on the MPO side that I'm referencing here is uh, Gannon Burr. If we look at the best average round rating through those last five events, Isaac Robinson also leads best birdie rate. Isaac Robinson's second to Gannon Burr of players who have played all five. And the best bogey rate is also uh, Isaac Robinson with Gannon Burr's second. Those two are one, two in everything. Uh, and Isaac Robinson has the uh, major win. And I believe last five events, I don't think that include Austin anymore, but it should include Blue Ridge. So they each have one win. Uh, kind of cool. Uh, they're buddies and they're uh, they're both on fire lately uh, going down the leader, but a little bit more. He, he was off and on invisible, Matt, but your favorite player, Calvin Heimberg, oh, my favorite was player. way down the leaderboard. <laughs> I didn't uh, pick him to up, win. And then jumping up to a tie for sixth, along with Anthony Brella, your pick and James Proctor. We've been talking about all season, getting another solid finish. Vino Makala finishes ninth. Uh, he's been looking really solid, but now it's time to, talk about the players who didn't look their best uh i it's not fun to cover the players who don't play well but it is important simon lazat finishes 51st he posted it on instagram i believe that he was like the best parked rate and the best c2 in regulation his putting was just not there this weekend and he ends up missing cash and then we'll talk about my pick eagle mcmahon finishing 55th um he also did not make uh cash of course because he finished lower since of simon who also didn't make cash kind of uh, given but this is the first time eagle sorry excuse me eagle mcmahon has not made cash uh excluding dnfs of course uh on tour in his career the first time he's ever missed cash while completing the event Oof. uh that's incredible uh incredible streak uh and incredible that it ended up uh falling here when he has won this event in the past. He was in incredibly good form getting back-to-back -back podiums to then go 55th. What about, um, uh, I missed it because I was talking to Ben <laughs> behind everyone's backs with our mics turned off, but Nate Sexton was at Dude, the cash I was line. just about to bring it yeah, up. Yeah, so bring it up, Nate Sexton. Bring it up. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, and someone tweeted this, and they said this was the perfect, like this describes Nate Sexton perfectly by parring. I think it was the last 11 <laughs> Something holes. Something like that. Nate Sexton, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, he, 10. He parred the last 11 holes to shoot a 10-13 rated round and was able to keep his cash streak alive by one stroke. So mm. it's perfect. That is now 117 straight elite and major events, uh, standard elite major events for Nate Sexton cashing. That's every single one of his career. It's the longest streak by a mile. It's the longest active streak by a mile. The next one is Joel Freeman, I believe. Assuming, did he play this weekend? I don't think he did. Um, I mean, so. if he if he did, it depends on if he got cash. He would be the next highest. Um, the last time he Nate Sexton. Not. Okay, so his his streak's still active, of course. I think it's around 54, somewhere in that ballpark, or exactly. Uh, the last time Nate Sexton mix, missed cash at any PDGA event, 2008 Stumptown New Year's Classic. Oh, that was 5,607 days ago. Uh, I don't have it pulled up in front of me. I Oh, yeah, I used to. I don't have it pulled up in front of me anymore. Uh, the he, I think he missed cash by one stroke. I know... Statmando co-founder Dion Arlen catch at that event, beat Nate Sexton uh, by a stroke or two. Uh, Dude, it was how like fourteen dollars. Two thousand and what? Two thousand eight. Eight. Um, yeah, probably 
like, low mid twenties, like yeah, twenty low twenties or, so. or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't missed, know his exact age. He missed cash, making four dollars by one stroke. Mm. Oh, four dollars, not fourteen. Wow, I was way nope, off. Four. He he would have made four dollars. Mm. Unreal. Uh, just how the sport changes, and also that that was the yeah. the one that he missed. Missed out on four dollars in his. <laughs> Uh, he didn't miss cash before that event too. it's not the only one in his career he's missed but we're getting close to bringing in chris of discgolf.law but i wanted to do this um topic in the moment while you were talking about sexton so let's briefly but is nate sexton going to show up on a podium or a win ever again and i know we kind of joked about another name earlier evan in like one of our chats or something but like Nate Sexton showed up at Worlds was two years ago. It was Utah. It's twenty twenty one for sure. Yeah, and it's I'll like pull up his page and see if yeah, he has sure anything decent. I, I don't. I mean, he was maybe. I don't even know if I'd say touring more. That was like COVID, and it was he was way more not involved back then. So I don't know if I was to roll the dice right now. It's not that he couldn't, but I'm picking that he doesn't. That that's my hot take. Is there fire for that one, Ben? Maybe there's not. I don't there, know. there is. What do you think? Thanks for the reminder, Nick or Evan. Find it. Well, I'll, I think I'll jump ahead. in real quick, Nick. Uh, not to cut you off, but that oh, was yeah. his last podium uh, on tour, um, and he only has one other top five since then too, which was USDGC that same year. Uh, last year, USDGC, he did finish top ten and and worlds too. He finished top 10 back-to-back years uh he also has like a ninth at waco this year and he finished 10th at portland open last year so he does have some top 10 spring the chat the chat says oh there's back and forth but they said you can't (laughs) count them out of usdgc and actually i'll give you that there's certain places right nick you feel the same way about him it's going to be a certain situation where we could definitely yeah some somewhere where you know there's of course, littered with OB, and he can just kind of throw those, <laughs> say, Firebird, Excal shots all over the place. Then, yeah, he's going to do well at them. But good point. I say in the next three years, if he continues to play a decent amount on the road, I, I think he picks up another podium. Hmm. Now, if we were to say, is he going to pick up another win? I think that's a little bit more of a conversation that we could have. But a podium, <laughs> yeah, I think I think he'll pick up another podium. Wow. Yeah, I want to jump in on that, and I would I would be very surprised if Nate Sexton picks up a win on tour. I really would, mm-hmm. uh, but I would ex- I would expect at least a few more mm. podiums in his in the rest of his career. Good question from the chat. Uh, I call him a super fan, but he's a friend by this point. Episode one, I think, I at least know. not second, maybe the second episode. Kent Chapman, um, he says, Matt, would you have thought Emerson would have been on a podium? And if someone had asked, that's a great question. If somebody asked me that this year, I would have probably said similar to what I said for Sexton. You keep going to Nick. Yeah. It gives you fire now. Yeah. I can't help it. <laughs> I'm trying to, this thing is tweaking. <laughs> no. So, okay. Well, um, but I guess I'd say almost the same thing. It's not that I can't envision it, even knowing hindsight, what we know from this weekend, but it, I would have yeah. picked no. Um, so to that point, I think this is the point you're trying to make, Kent, is Sexton obviously can do the same thing. And that's kind of why I prefaced it that way. I said, mm-hmm. I don't like think it can happen, but I don't think it will. Um, that's just how I feel. I want to I want to cover this guy's USDGCs for a little bit. Do Since it. 2014. A minute and a half. 20, Go. 2014 finished fifth. 2015 fourth. 2016 odd year. 31st. Mm. So 2017 was the year he won. 2018 finished fourth 2019 finished 10th 2021 finished fifth 2022 finished 10th 
that's what uh, I mean. I how, how many is that? One, two, three, six, eight, eight years. That I just said seven of them were top tens. Uh, yeah. Six of five of them. I'm so bad at math. Five of them were top fives. Uh, that's incredible. And that track record uh, is, is truly, it's incredible. I don't have is any other the, words to say. Is there a cliff though? We, we interviewed Nate on that. It was fire every we time. Ten, okay, we so finished 10th last I have to ignore year the though. Fire. Like sure, there could be a cliff, but it's not It's not a cliff you can expect. Okay. You can't be like, oh, he's for sure falling off this year. Like, True. He, hasn't he didn't miss cash. We'll wait till he misses cash. But yeah, and for what it's worth, uh, in this uh, state of Vermont, uh, so it's really just smugs. I mean, it, it's GMC Worlds in 2018 and also the Pro Tour Championship. Uh, his worst finish was 21st at Worlds in 2018. And I say this because, of course, Worlds is going back to Vermont this year. At GMC, the uh, the Pro Tour event, he has never finished outside the top 10, 7th, 8th, and 9th. That he has not finished better than that, except for the Pro Tour Championship, which was a different format in 2016, uh, where he finished fourth. All right. Well, Ben has forever put the fire logo up on me. Everything I say tonight is just fire. And so, with that being said, we are going to move it over. Hey, oh, oh, I fixed it. Okay, fixed cool. It. Okay, let's go. He fixed the fire. Good. Before we bring in disc golf dollar chris clark everybody let's bring him in he has been busy i think he was out in stockton he's now back on the east coast but he's got all the latest and is it the greatest it's the newest it's the most up to date chris welcome to the show man we're happy to have you how are you doing i'm doing well guys good evening thanks thanks for uh, having me on can you see and hear me okay yeah we can hear and see you perfectly you're a professional unlike i mean we have professional disc golfers come on the show but like audio and video is not their thing but like yeah you're you're doing it we can hear you (laughs) i i I think i mean maybe evan can correct me if i'm wrong but i think that 2021 uh usdgc sexton was tied for first after the end of the first round oh i'll have to pull it up i i yeah i let me do that. It's, it's, yeah. Give me a minute or so. Yeah. To that point. I think I was at our uh, I think I was at our local league night and we were all kind of showing each other our phones, going, Are you guys believing this? What he's doing over here at USDGC. Mm. It's both he was. Yeah. Him and Terry Roethlisberger. So, anyways, yeah, Nate Sexton. But we have you on because legal conversations, you are the legal professional. Um, disc golf dot law just to give a shout out um, works with disc golfers to create deals that are, how would you explain it? That are right for them, that are fair, that are uh, bound correctly. Is that the right way to describe that? Yeah. I I mean, I I think a lot of what we've had to talk about so far this year has been, um, you know, disputes among parties in Mm -hmm. disc golf uh, and, those are not my favorite kinds of things to work on. Um, I, 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 uh, I got really excited about the, um, the pro tours, the news about the pro tour acquiring Jomez. Cause that's, that's really the kind yes. of thing we do. We, we try to put deals together and work with disc golfers and disc golf related companies. Um, and, and I, I, my favorite projects are the ones where the parties involved are all sort of working together for the same, you know, positive result. Mm. Um, but you know, disputes do arise and lawsuits happen. And, uh, you know, that, that's just, that's part of business. That's part of the law. That's part of our sport now. Um, and so, yeah, we've been looking at, uh, obviously closely the, um, Gannon versus prodigy prodigy situation. And obviously Natalie Ryan's case against the pro tour and, uh, and, uh, PDGA. Sure. 
And so kind of navigating these topics um, one at a time, as far as we can tell, and we had Gannon on and he told us himself, but from your perspective and being able to see these court documents, probably easier than we do, or maybe it's just as easy, but we don't go find them. It seems to be wrapped up like it's closed, right? At least to this point. Yeah, I think so. And I think this was what we talked about, you know, one time when I was on the show previously that, you know, essentially that boiled down to a financial dispute really more than anything. And that's why I thought, and I, I'm not giving myself credit because it was it, it, it wasn't a, a, a brilliant thought on my part or anything, but I thought it was likely that that would settle, uh, which it did. So mm-hmm. um, it, it seems like at least for the time being that that matter has been put to rest. Yeah. And I do remember that you said, hey, I don't remember what percentage you gave us, but you said large percentage are settled outside of court. And I was like, yeah, this one seems like it's going, but there you go. They, they eventually come to terms. Um, yeah. And do you see that? This is again, your perspective. I don't know if it's legal or not, but do you see this as a win-win in this scenario? That's kind of how I feel. Like meaning for prodigy who prodigy was kind of like, it looked to be tainted. And then those who were kind of thinking Gannon was being immature. Uh, do you think this is a win-win for both of them? That's a great question. Um, I, I thought at the time that Prodigy had potentially done some damage to their reputation in the sport by mm-hmm. doing what they did. Um, now, now that some time has passed, now that it is um, apparently settled, and um, you know, we've we've got a little bit more perspective where we can look back and consider the the circumstances under which prodigy chose to file suit against Gannon. Um, I, I wonder really how, how much damage they did to their reputation, mm-hmm. if any, I mean, I think it probably maybe took a little bit of a hit, but on the other hand, we have examples in the past in professional disc golf where players have walked away from contracts with at least as far as we from the outside know uh, little to no consequence. Yeah. And I think what, one interesting thing about it is we are now apparently in the phase of our sport when maybe it's not going to be so easy for players to walk away from a manufacturer's contract and not face any consequences. So is it a win-win? I mean, I think the fact that they didn't have to go on and spend any more dollars and any more uh, you know, stress and headache um, you know, fighting a lawsuit, that's certainly a win for both parties for sure. Um, Prodigy didn't lose Gannon to another sponsor. That's certainly a win. Um, you know, was it when for Gannon? I don't know. I mean, we, we obviously don't know. I, I don't. And, and I would suspect most of us don't know the details of what, what the the settlement terms were that led to them dropping the lawsuit. Um, but I do think I, I guess I would say a qualified yes it's probably a win-win for both of them because now they're not fighting anymore and they can get back to focusing on what they what they do gannon playing disc golf and prodigy being a disc golf company yeah i think it's a win if gannon's promoting their plastic um i think the damage done the prodigy as you said we don't know they probably took a little hit i think the majority of that hit is in um it could be lighthearted jokes or it could be some seriousness to it, but of the, Ooh, let's go. Don't go get sponsored by prodigy. You know, like that's the kind of hit they took, but um, okay. Well, Gannon is staying with them through the end of the year. 
we all have our opinions whether we think he's going to continue there or not. But let's move over to the next topic, which is the Natalie Ryan um, case legal suit um, that was made against the Disc Golf Pro Tour and PDGA, as well as Thousand Rated Productions. We all know about that. By this point, um, a lot unfolded. And my short understanding before I hand it to you is that even through this week and with <clears throat> with all that unfolded, this was not the case that Natalie brought. I mean, it was related to it, but this is not the court case. This was all preliminary, if you will, injunctions and restraining orders and stays. So give us what you know, and you can take your time doing it. Uh, You have a great video on your channel. If people want to just go get that just consolidated, concise version, that's fine uh, over at discgolf.law. But go ahead and give us your, um, your take on everything that unfolded. Sure. Uh, and, and thank you, uh, for asking me to do that. I, I think, uh, we try at, at discgolf.law on our YouTube channel, we try probably like m- m- sometimes once a week, but really it probably ends up being more like once every other week to release a video on something that we feel is like a interesting legal issue in disc golf. And, um, uh, in the, in the past what week or so we've done four fairly lengthy not too terribly long but fair four fairly lengthy videos on this topic because things as you said kept happening day by day there were brand new things happening every day and uh i mean one of the, one of those uh one of those videos i made in the um in, in my rental car while driving from san francisco <laughs> to stockton for the otv open so um it, here's what happened One of the things that Natalie asked for in her lawsuit was that she be allowed to participate in the OTB Open in the FPO division. And um, as time went by and as it became more apparent that this case was not going to reach a resolution or really any progress before the OTB Open happened, uh, a lot of us were looking around wondering, all right, well, what is going to happen, if anything? Um, And sure enough, a week before the tournament started, um, Natalie's attorney filed for a a temporary restraining order to um, ask the court to require the PDGA and the Pro Tour to allow her to play in the FPO division in the OTB Open. Um, As you pointed out, Thousand Rated Productions is a company that does promote and coordinate and run the OTB Open. We're not really talking about them much in these court filings um, at this point because they've taken the position, and I think correctly so, that they do not make policy. They do not enforce rules. They're just there to run a tournament. Um, And so while you correctly noted that they were a defendant in Natalie's, in Natalie's lawsuit. In fact, I think they technically still are a defendant in Natalie's lawsuit. I don't think we will see them play much of a role. So a week before they filed this uh, motion for a temporary restraining order, it obviously had to be heard on an emergency basis with only a week before the tournament started. So uh, the court set a very tight timeline for the defendants, the PDGA and the Disc Golf Pro Tour to respond to that request for a temporary restraining order. They both did respond. And then the 
afternoon before the tournament started, the court granted Natalie's motion and required the PDGA and the Pro Tour to allow her to play in the OTB Open in the FPO division. Um, you know, we we had intended to be at the OTB Open uh, long before any of this happened relative to Natalie's case, but it just was uh, a really interesting coincidence that we did have happen to be there firsthand. And so I, I got to see, um, we were there when the first FPO card went off on Friday morning, which that's the card that Natalie was on. Um, there were, uh, Natalie had her supporters there. There were uh, folks that did not agree with the court's decision. They were there as well. Um, it was one of the most uh, heavily spectated 7:45 a.m. FPO cards that I've I've ever seen, and, I've, and, I, and I I I love spectating the FPO division, so I've seen a lot of them. Um, was there so, any Was there any booing or cheering at any any point during the teeing off of Natalie Ryan? So I did not hear any booing of anyone, and um, I, I think that's fortunate, and and, and it's a um, I, I, just, I, mean, I was pleased about that because I thought there might be, especially in light of the fact that, you know, some of the tournaments that Natalie has played recently, um, there have been vocal protesters there. Um, and so uh, what, what, I, what, what I observed was um, when Natalie teed off, there was a lot of applause from the gallery. Um, there was another FPO player on her card, and forgive me, I think it was Stacey Ronsley, but I'm not 100% mm -hmm. sure about that. But, I think that's correct. Um, yeah, and, and so um, uh, several of the FPO players in the field that day wore uh, pink and black that day, essentially to signify their unity and support of one another. And um, so when Stacey teed off, there was a lot of applause and reaction for her as well. So what I observed personally was support for Natalie, support for Stacy and the group that was wearing uh, pink and black, but not any booze or, or okay. anything, anything like that. Well, um, I think that, so I, think, I think, I think that around. is a win for disc golf. I, I do. I think, yeah, that, I think that's so a too. great, that's a great thing. Thank you. Yep. No, I, I agree. I agree too. Um, so Natalie completed her round, did very well. Um, and uh, something I did not expect to happen. Um, the so so actually let me let me back up a little bit because I I, I don't want to skip over this because I think the the timing of each of these things is really interesting. It was it was Thursday afternoon when the court granted Natalie's motion for a temporary restraining order. Thursday evening the Disc Golf Pro Tour and the PDGA filed an emergency appeal with the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. So this is a federal appeals court over the Ninth Circuit and um, su submitted, submitted their appeals right away. And so Friday late afternoon, West Coast time, Natalie had finished around, as I said, did very well. Um, the Court of Appeals granted the appeal from the disc golf pro tour and said that uh they reversed the decision from the trial court and said 
Um, you are not required to allow Natalie to uh, play in the FPO division. And so the Disc Golf Pro Tour made the decision at that point to follow the policy that they had made and to exclude Natalie from the next two rounds of the tournament. Um, so that's essentially what has happened. And a, a lot of a lot of folks, one question I've gotten a lot over the weekend is what happens next? Um, well, we kind of turn our attention back to this underlying lawsuit. As you correctly pointed out, just because there was a lot of activity in the trial court and at the Court of Appeals, there is still this underlying lawsuit going on. And so um, the defendants will be expected to file an answer, so a response to the lawsuit. I believe the deadline is sometime in the first half of June. So within the next few weeks or so, we should have uh, responses filed from the Pro Tour and the PDGA, and that's really the next step along this path in this case. Okay. Um, there's like small, I, I, I don't want to say intricate, but there's questions I've had. I know, Nick, you're sitting off camera here. If you have questions about this, definitely Evan as well. Um, there's some interesting ones here, like um, you'll probably have to fill me in on how this works, but the idea that Disc Golf Pro Tour has ownership that lives in Virginia. And it's my understanding that Natalie also has residency in Virginia. And that was one of the takes from the Disc Golf Pro Tour that this shouldn't be tried here in California. Um, but maybe that has to do with a federal versus state. So can you fill me in on that portion of it? And why is it not being held in California? Is that a federal thing? Or is it the fact that they have to do it in Virginia? Like, what's that about? So I, I, I am not surprised that you asked the question and <laughs> I have intentionally kind of avoided this topic, not avoided, but not given a lot of detailed attention to this topic in our videos, mm -hmm. partly because it is a very nuanced technical legal issue, but I'll, I'll tell you what that's all about. So um, in order for a court to make a decision over a company or a person, that court has to have jurisdiction over them. Mm. And in federal court, there are a, a few different bases for a federal court to exercise jurisdiction over someone. And so one of those is called diversity jurisdiction. And by diversity, what, it, what that means is um, the parties are residents of different states and the, uh, the Disc Golf Pro Tour is an LLC, a limited liability company. It's LOA, L-O-W-A LLC is the name of the uh, company that operates the Disc Golf Pro Tour. And under the law, if any of the owners of that LLC reside in a particular state, then that LLC for the purposes of establishing ju uh, diversity jurisdiction can be considered as a resident of that state. And so since the LLC that operates the Disc Golf Pro Tour does have owners that purportedly reside in Virginia, and I'll tell you why I said purportedly in a minute, mm -hmm. but that purport to live in Virginia um, and Natalie claims Virginia as her state of residence, that would essentially destroy that diversity jurisdiction that would give the court the oh. ability to, to rule. And so that actually is the basis on which the court of appeals reversed the decision of the district court 
so, so that actually turned out to be an incredibly important point. Um, some, sometimes we see at the, uh, really at all levels of court, um, courts will make a decision like this on what you could consider to be a technicality, like a technical yeah. basis. Um, I'm not saying that that happened in this case for the reason I'm about to give, but in some cases, if a court wants to rule a particular way, they have to look for something to hang their hat on or to rely on. And in this case, I think it's maybe possible that the court of appeals chose to reverse that decision and looked for an easy way or an easy um, argument on which to rely, you know, on which to base their decision. And they based it on this jurisdictional issue. I, I just throwing that out there. I think, I think it's possible that that happened, but um, the, the reason I said that, uh, the that the Disc Golf Pro Tour, that their LLC purports to have owners that reside in Virginia. You know, Jeff Spring testified at the hearing for the uh, temporary restraining order and stated under oath that Steve Dodge lives in Virginia. Steve Dodge being one of the owners of the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Um, he later, after the hearing was over, had to retract that statement because it turns out, and I think to many of us, this doesn't come as a surprise, Steve Dodge lives in Massachusetts. Um, but but they, the, the Pro Tour subsequently submitted some pretty persuasive evidence in the form of like cop, uh, photocopies of uh, driver's licenses and things like that, that members of Steve Dodge's family that own part of the Disc Golf Pro Tour do in fact reside in Virginia. So there was some confusion around that issue, but um, it does appear ultimately that um, I, I think that jurisdictional issue appears to have been resolved correctly. Wow. Wow. Uh, so I know Steve Dodge and I'll put it on record. I am a friend of his. He lives here in Leicester near me. And so I was actually sitting down with him on, what was it, Saturday playing his new birdie pro. Uh, fantastic game, by the way. It was nice. awesome. And I said, hey, Steve, did you know you were uh, going to get brought into this court hearing? And um, I'm not going to tell you fully his answer there, but I had a conversation with him about it. And I think it's interesting to know, did the, did the Disc Golf Pro Tour, and I'm going to use this word, you you probably don't know, did they get lucky? Were they like, whoa, look at this, like like states, you know, like, did they get lucky with this find? Yeah, that, that's. I mean, I think that's a fair way to put it. I, I think. I think I would give. For, first of all, let me say I will give immense credit and respect to all the lawyers that are involved in this matter. For the, I, I, I'm. I can't imagine any of them slept this past week. At least not the. You know, not at least not. You know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, because they were preparing lengthy complicated documents in just a really short time frame. Um, so, but, but what I was about to say in response to your question is I, I think credit goes to the attorneys for the mm. disc golf pro tour, because I think, you know, th their job is to look at all the facts and to analyze the situation as best they could. And wow. I think some smart person really came upon this argument that, Hey, wait, does this court really have jurisdiction? Let's take a look at that. So, so, I, mm. pro probably a little bit lucky, but also I think um, a smart, hardworking lawyer probably probably discovered that.
So you were mentioning just a few minutes ago, Jeff Spring saying that, you know, um, Steve Dodge resides in Virginia. And then they were like, oh, wait, no, he doesn't. He lives in Massachusetts. What did that mean specifically for the case with Jeff saying that on the record? I don't think there's going to be any meaningful consequence to that. Um, I don't have any reason to believe that that's anything other than, you know, just a careless mistake on Jeff's part or a misunderstanding even on Jeff's part. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I think, you know, like, like I said, the, the reason that that argument ultimately prevailed was the fact that that LLC does in fact have owners that live in Virginia, at least it appears so based on their, you know, their, their, their IDs, their driver's licenses. So um, I, I don't think there's ultimately going to be any uh, consequence for, for, for Jeff or for the pro tour from that. Now, the question of whether the case, you know, what happens with the case now, the underlying case, um, that's a great question. And I expect we will see, uh, you know, the, P the PDGA has to file an answer to this lawsuit. Will the Disc Golf Pro Tour actually file an answer similar to what the PDG what we expect the PDGA will do? Or will they really try to push this jurisdictional issue to try to get themselves removed from the case? It's a it's an open issue, and I'm anxious to see what happens. Mm. Um, can, I'm going to jump in here for a second. So the Pro Tour has, uh, as an LLC, has owners in Virginia. How does that relate to the PDGA being a nonprofit? Do they because they don't technically have an owner, as far as I know? Um, how does that like could have Natalie still go to court in California versus the PDGA? Or do they need to be in Georgia where they operate? Where am I going with that? Like, yeah, yeah, no, I think, no, it's it's a good question. I, I don't think there is a jurisdictional issue relative to the PDGA that I'm aware of. I think the PDGA is a nonprofit association or maybe even a nonprofit corporation in Georgia. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure I've looked at that, but I can't remember exactly what their form of organization is. But I, I, I do know they are a Georgia entity. And so they would be, for these purposes, considered as a resident of Georgia. Natalie would be considered a resident of Virginia. And so at least with respect to that diversity of residence issue, there should be no problem there. So for what just happened this past week, it, the temporary restraining order was uh, approved and then repealed or however that's worded yeah. exactly. Um, that, was, that seems like it was the case for the pro tour why i'm still lost on how it got to this with the pdga also being a defendant in this case well so let me i'm going to answer that in two ways so um first the the the, the order from the appeals court which was the one that ultimately allowed the pro tour to exclude natalie from rounds two and three at the otb open it I'm going to paraphrase, but it essentially said the court doesn't have jurisdiction over the Disc Golf Pro Tour, and therefore um, the uh, the Pro Tour is essentially free to exclude her from playing. And since the Pro Tour has represented in its court documents that it will exclude Natalie from playing an FPO unless they are required to do otherwise by a court, they said now, again, I'm, I'm paraphrasing and sort of putting it in my own words, but it's kind of like they said, we expect the Disc Golf Pro Tour will exclude Natalie from this tournament. And if Natalie doesn't play in the tournament, the PDGA is not likely to be harmed. And therefore, we don't need to uh, grant the PDGA's 
uh, motion to stay this temporary restraining order. So, um, you know, the, the suit was brought in California on the basis that number one, the PDGA and the Disc Golf Pro Tour do business in California. And number two, California has a civil rights act that was favorable for the facts in Natalie's case. And so that's, I mean, that's how it originally ended up in California. And, you know, the PDGA was a named defendant because it's essentially their policy um, that uh, Natalie is challenging. And, you know, the pro tour shortly after the PDGA announced their policy said, yeah, we're going to implement that policy too. And so I think that's how they all ended up as defendants. And I think that's how the case ended up in California. Okay. Um, I want to comment on one individual chat that just came in. There's a simple fix for all of this. This is from James SSR 23 MPO is the pro division and the rest is amateur problem solved with no legal issues going forward. We wish it was that easy, but here's the, I mentioned that to someone this weekend. The response to that was now you have undermined and removed FPO competition. There's no more professional female disc golfers. If you look into it that way, like, Kristen Tatar, Paige Pierce, Katrina Allen, based off of ratings. And I know it's kind of a joke we tie ratings, but they would not be cashing at these events. So it, you got, maybe you're right. We wouldn't have the issues, but you would also effectively remove a significant um, initiative that we appreciate on the pro tour. Um, Chris, let me, uh, let me make yeah, one other, let me, let me, let me respond to that comment in a different way too. And not to pick on mm-hmm. what, whoever that was. Um, anyone that says that there is a simple solution <laughs> To this situation is fooling themselves. That's an absurd statement to make. Um, I have not only spent a lot of hours thinking about this and researching this and 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 talking to people about this, but in those conversations that I've had with lots of other smart people, a lot of people have ideas, kind of like what he suggested, or, or he or she. I, I think you said James, so I'm going to assume he. But um, you know, kind of like. When, just have a mixed division and that's it. Have divisions by ratings, have a, a transgender only division. Um, there, I think there's a lot of suggestions. They all come with their own complicated set of problems. So um, yeah, I just, it's sort of an automatic uh, discrediting for me when I hear somebody say, Hey, there's a simple solution to this. Cause there's not. Yeah. Talk to me really quick about, you know, and I, I think we're all kind of weary, weary with what we say sometimes, but talk to me a little bit about Natalie's post after the first mm-hmm. round was concluded and the decision was made that she would not be allowed to play the second and third round. Um, I'm, I'm assuming you saw that, Chris. I did. Yeah. Okay. And I know exactly what you're referring to. So um, I, it, it's interesting. Um, I, I have to be a little bit careful because I did have several conversations yeah. over the weekend, many of which I'm obligated to maintain confidentiality on. Um, but but uh, I was contacted by some folks who were very concerned about her post that she made um, after the announcement was made that she would not be playing in the second and third round. Um, it, it, some of the effect of, you know, I'm going to burn it, I'm going to burn it down or they're going to burn with me or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say this is maybe a shortcoming of mine or maybe something where I need to be a little bit more tuned into, um, you know, how, how people read these things and, and perceive these things. But 
I, I, when I read that post, it didn't strike me as something threatening or potentially harmful. And then I had some conversations with some people over the weekend and I sort of changed my opinion about that. Um, and I think, you know, Natalie ultimately did take that post down and replaced it with a, a different post where she said, I want to clarify what I meant. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm willing to give her the benefit of the doubt on that. Um, but yeah, I, I think, um, I think thinking back about that, I can understand why people, especially people who are closely and directly involved in this situation would have been concerned. Mm. Yeah. And it just raises questions, probably nothing we can solve here of does that hurt? Does that help her legal, um, proceedings going forward? If the pro tour says, you know, like why why would we on top of our rules that we have in place why would we want someone who is antagonistic or even they could make the case threatening towards our organization so uh, do you have any th quick thought on that is it would something yeah. like that uh, hurt a legal proceeding going forward based off of that the the first thing i would say is i think ideally none of the parties involved would be antagonistic towards each other. But having said that, I think if we try to put ourselves in Natalie's shoes, uh, I, I, I would hope we can at least be a little understanding of why someone maybe wouldn't choose the perfect words in that situation. Absolutely. Uh, again, I, I, I wish she hadn't posted the burn it down post. I, I don't think that's okay, especially now that I talked to some of the people who felt threatened by it. I, 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 I'm, I'm not condoning that by any means, but, but I also do think um, it's, it's nice if we can give each other a little grace in, mm -hmm. in times of pressure, we don't always choose the perfect words. So um, I, I can see both sides, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Um, does it affect her case? Does it hurt her legal case? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it has much effect on that. Um, having said that, Maybe it gets cited in the next court right. filing. Right. right. I was yeah. thinking. The, I, yeah. I was thinking the Gannon Burr one. One of the memes were making it into the filings. Um, maybe it does. Um, I have. I have kind of a lighthearted question, Matt. If, if do if it. I, can go. I probably have. Um, I probably have two or three more before we get into all the disc golf topics outside of this. Go ahead. Gotcha. Gotcha. So we've had Natalie on the podcast before. Is there some way somehow that our podcast makes it into a court case in the sense of like <laughs> they were to say, before. hey, at seven minutes, was this asked? No, I'm saying we've we've okay. talked about this because she, yeah, we have on record it. her yeah. saying certain things regarding what it might look like in the future. Yeah. So I'm just curious if like Matt and I are going to get summoned all of a sudden out to California and say, hi, I'm Nick from the Nick match or, or even if it's like, do they have to ask for permission to use our coverage? I don't know how any of that works, really. I think I think if they felt that there was something important that was said in there that could help their case, that they could probably use that. Yeah. Um, I, 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 while while we're while we're on a lighthearted topic, I will, yeah. I will say also, um, I thought I had done something really shrewd on Thursday before the ruling came out, which is. Um, I picked up Natalie Ryan and put her in my fantasy disc golf lineup. And I was feeling pretty smug after the first round about how, how what a shrewd decision that was. And then, you know, I learned, you know, pride comes before a fall, they say. And um, 
So unfortunately, that didn't work out well for me. You were you were playing yeah. the odds with insider trader information almost. You're <laughs> like, I think this is what's going to happen. It's all public information. All, yeah, saying. all public, right? <laughs> um, so I I got to cut off really quick. Um, <laughs> Eric Triplett in the chat just made me laugh. Where I had to mute myself, but he goes, "This court case is brought to you by Manscaped and DG Max Wax." <laughs> and just the way we've done our ads in the past, it just it was just funny. <laughs> I, I, that one zoomed over my head. I'm sorry. Um, so. Let's see. I found out, and this is through other podcasts, Ulti World. I think it was Ulti World. Uh, they interviewed Natalie's uh, attorney, and I found out he's doing this pro bono. That means without payment up front. That's correct? Correct. And that's exactly where I learned that fact, too. Okay. Um, and, and so, you know, again, I've already given credit to all the attorneys in the, in the case, but, I mean, that's, that's certainly – an, under, an undertaking this significant mm -hmm. uh, for someone to do that without any any type of uh, compensation, um, I, I think it, it it says a, a lot about his willingness to try to I think affect a form of change that he believes in. So whether you agree with the position that he's taken or not, I mean I think that does say a lot. Yeah, and that just makes me think because they were I don't want to say I guess late. They were late yeah. to file that restraining order to court. Um, and he says, oh, and this was in the Ulti World interview. You can go check them out. Right. He says, like, oh, I felt bad. I was hoping it wouldn't be on me. But I also have my, like, regular work, you know, like. Right. And I just I think this is an interesting thing to hear. Maybe this is going to sink that ship of. I don't know how much he can handle it. Maybe that's all I'm trying to say. Um, I had to no, Matt. I had the exact same thought. Okay. I really did. Um, okay. And as you know, uh, um, not to make this about me, but I am a lawyer and I am practicing in an area of law that I'm passionate about and that I believe in. And um, you have to make some very difficult decisions sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, there's there's certainly paths I could have taken in my career that would have been far more lucrative, lucrative than specializing in representing disc golfers <laughs> and disc golf related <laughs> companies. Um, but you know, you're passionate about something and you, you know, you, you chase after that. And so, uh, I, I had the same thought you got at, at some point, I mean, he's got to put food on his table, just like we all do. So, right. uh, yeah, I, I, I had the same thought. And, and just in closing out that, that thought is that then the pro tour immediately files for the appeal. And I'm thinking once I heard that and they asked for it by 5 p.m. the next day, I'm thinking after I had heard that interview with Ulti World and her attorney, I'm going, there's no way this guy is able to respond by they asked by like noon the next day. And just having more insider information there or inside information, it's like, wow, that's a lot going on there. Uh, my two last, I guess, questions here. Um, and I think you're going to say there's a chance. <laughs> but we know the Supreme Court only takes usually the biggest, the hardest, whatever. Is there a chance that this makes it to the Supreme Court? I know you'll probably say yes, but like what odds do you give it? I've talked to a few people about this. Um, frankly, people that know more about how cases make their way to the Supreme Court than I do. Um, I think I would say there is a chance. I would say it's not likely. One way that cases do make their way to the Supreme Court uh, is when you have uh, these different circuits, like we were in the Ninth Circuit out in um, California, Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, um, on, on the ruling on, on the temporary restraining order. But, you know, there's other, there, there's other 
other uh, circuit, other other courts of appeal, other circuits. So, um, if we perhaps were to get different rulings in different circuits, sometimes the Supreme Court will say, "Okay, Fourth Circuit ruled one way, Ninth Circuit ruled the other way. We're gonna we're gonna straighten this out so that there's not differing legal precedent in different parts of the country." So, I think that could be a possibility. But um, that's really not my area of expertise, okay. and somebody else can probably answer that more eloquently than I can. Well, someone had mentioned, and this is now, we, we thought, you know, talking hot topics with legal court cases and transgender women and competition and disc golf was hot. What about president or ex-president, however you want to refer to it, Donald Trump putting in um, the amount of uh, justices that he did and people are would argue, and it's probably pretty common knowledge that it's more conservative is, is president Trump going to be the one who decided what happens in disc golf at the end of it all, you know, not directly. So, but it's a crazy thought to have. Um, and then my last question, you have some idea of cost. Cause we just talked about what, um, you know, you, you do this for a living. You don't do it for free. If you had to estimate a cost financially so far that would have went into all to this point, are we talking $500,000? hundred thousand, like a million, like, I don't even know any rough number off the top of your head. Yeah. In terms of, uh, you know, what would be market price for legal fees that parties might've incurred so far? Um, I don't know. My guess would be probably 50 to a hundred thousand dollars so far would okay. be my guess. I, I mean, well, I, we know, we know Natalie's attorney's not getting that. So that'd be on the pro right. tour side. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Pro tour and PDGA. And then, um, Anybody who's listening from the Pro Tour PDJ right now, they're laughing. Ha, ha, ha. Wow, we've got a good deal. Or they're crying. <laughs> right, exactly. And look, that's just one guy. Look, you get ask 10 people more knowledgeable than me, and you probably get 10 different answers. So You're going to get a call later tonight, Chris. Where You're hired. <laughs> <laughs> Have you I, – I actually don't know if you can answer this, but are you in talks with the Pro Tour or the PDGA's lawyers in the sense of, like, do you know who they are? Um. I'm not in talks with any of their lawyers. And um, I, I mean, I, I know I know one lawyer that represents the Pro Tour, but he, uh, to my knowledge, he's not involved. He's not on any of the pleadings or anything. So the lawyers that have been involved in this case, no, I don't know them and haven't talked to them. Gotcha. Okay. I, I reached out to one at one point when we were in discussions with you in the beginning, Chris. We're like, hey, which attorney friend do we want to bring on the show? Yeah. And he goes, oh, I've got connections. I'm an attorney with the Pro Tour. I can't do that. So, but we're yeah, happy we went with you either he, way. He's, he's, he's the one I know. Okay. Well, I mean, kind of know. I, I've, yeah. I've met him and we've exchanged emails and things like that. And I, you know, I've got a real high opinion of him. I mean, he did a great. I will just say shout out to Steve, Ab Steve Abreu. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's right. S. Sunstein. Awesome. Well, we talked through a lot and, and the way my brain works, and I'm sure Nick's yeah. starting to get got, more bored. We could talk forever on yeah. this. But well, I, got, I, got one more really, yeah. I got I got one more really quick. It's just in the sense of like, where are we going from here? Are we going to see another court case happen before the Portland Open? Are we going to see oh, it right. happen before DDO? Like where, like, and not, obviously we can't tell the future to where like, we don't know what exactly is going to happen, but kind of next stage in all this, where are we at? Well, you know, Natalie's attorney has said, He's he's referenced the uh, decision out of uh, Michigan, uh, sorry Minnesota, Minnesota. I believe that's right. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's Minnesota. Um, believe it was a state court case in Minnesota, but it had to do with um, 
somewhat similar fact pattern um, to Natalie's case, but it was in powerlifting. Um, and there was a decision from a court there that was favorable in, in favor of the transgender athlete. And uh, so he has publicly said, you know, there's always the possibility that we could bring a case similar to this um, there. So uh, I don't think before the Portland Open, I would be surprised if anything happens before the Portland Open. Um, we'll see. <laughs> All right. Um, the chat is going wild with my mentioning of Donald Trump. Uh, some really hilarious stuff in there right now. Um, just imagining playing around with Donald Trump, what that would be like. I can only imagine it'd be my throw was a fantastic throw. You know, <laughs> in fact, it was one of the greatest, right? That's, you know, anyway. Um, all right. So this has been a crazy show to this point. We've talked about a lot of crazy things and, and different things came up, but Hey, Nick was involved in the questions I know I let a lot of this, but Evan, you chimed in, and I'm so proud of you for that. Thank you for doing that. Thank you. I got one in. Good job. Uh, record. Do you have more? Let me. Uh, uh, let me. Let me. Before you guys cut me loose, um, I, I do want to. I, I do want to say, as somebody who just attended the OTB Open, just how impressed I was with how well run it was. Um, uh, Danny and his team at OTB were extremely helpful to us on some things logistically. So I want to give them a shout out and really thank them sincerely for all the help they gave us. And then Sean and Sean, uh, tournament directors for this tournament. I've, I think I can safely say I've never been more impressed with a spectating experience at a tournament. So wow. um, for all your listeners, if you can do it future years, get out there to OTB is pretty, pretty special. Wow. Sean Jack's from out at this uh, neck of the woods up here. Uh, he used to live about an hour from us, and then he moved to the West Coast. Great dude, wow. and definitely put a lot of focus on the spectator experience out there. Yep. All right. Um, people asked if if uh, Ben had any questions. They're like, everyone asked except for Ben. Nothing, Ben? I got nothing. Okay. Good job. Evan, do you have one last one? Ben, can, can I get the fire uh, effect yeah, on there, my Well, there's a four up fire somewhere. Uh, um, it's going to take him a minute. because see if I can find Evan, it. while he's figuring that out, go ahead. I, I was going to get into uh, what happened in Minnesota, I believe, with powerlifting uh, with uh, uh, trans athletes in the past. How, If that would be your guess of Natalie and her attorney's next play, if they would go after a uh, another state. Uh, on tour and be with the preserve being in Minnesota. Um, or if you would see another state that would make more sense. No, I think, I think that is exactly the the one that would make sense. And he has mentioned that before in the, in the past that the, that could, could be a likely place where they would, um, where, where they could file a similar suit. So, I, I mean, to my knowledge, he's not licensed in Minnesota. So you may have to get some help from some local counsel there, but um, you know, certainly, I mean, right now, to my knowledge, there's only one lawyer, in the world that's ever represented a, uh, a transgender woman disc golfer against uh, the PDG and the disc golf pro tour. So I would certainly imagine he would be involved if that, if that did happen. Yeah. yeah. And that uh, the preserve just for everyone is the end of June. It'll be before the European swing. So if that does happen, it, it's going to be sooner than later. That's a month and a half away. Yeah. So yeah, it is. Well, we totally appreciate you coming on. People are asking if we have you on retainer now, but I will be very transparent. Pro bono, discgolf.la. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. It's always a pleasure coming on. I really have a good time. You guys have a great show. Oh, well, appreciate we appreciate it. it. Um, if you yeah. make it up to this neck of the woods, of course, I say this neck. Nick's down kind of near your area. 
closer. But if you ever make it up to New England, definitely reach out. We'll do some fun stuff on the course. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but I can almost guarantee it will happen in 2024. So I'll take you up on that for sure. I'm trying to remember um, her name and I'm going to feel really bad for her, but she approached us at the Northeast Disc Golf Expo and said, Chris said, hello. It was uh, Casey. Casey. Casey Buckey. Thank you. Yeah. So, so I'm, thank you for mentioning Casey, because last year she was the operations manager at the Uliberry Leadership Foundation, where I am the executive director. She's going to come back and work for us for a little while this summer. Um, and so everybody check out Yuli.foundation and be generous. Awesome. There we go. Yeah. As I said, go subscribe. If you want a more condensed version, we really broke it down in a lot of different paths tonight, yeah. but check out discgolf.law on YouTube. Great videos there. Um, keep it up, Chris. We'll stay in touch. And um, thanks you for your guys. time. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Have a good one. All right, you everybody. Too. That was, there's the fire for me. Matt's again. got the fire. fire. What'd you say? I don't know. Um, it was a fire interview. <laughs> it was a fire. Man, interviews like that, they're just so in depth. And it's kind of like, I, I could, for the next two hours, ask them question ask on questions. question on yeah. question. Just literally just explain it all in layman's terms and let me understand what's going on. And I don't know. It, it'll, when we do the random talk picks, this will kind of like come back a little bit. Yeah, there was, I mean, there was, there was even more. I, I had another hour of or two hours. I could sit all day and talk with them about this stuff. Um, but we're going to move into the segment called uh, everyone brings a topic, but we're going to randomly choose who goes next, oh, except it can't I'm be not ben. part of it. I'll be, I, I could be last. Okay. So hit the, hit the random generator. We're going to see who goes oh. first here. Well, don't go to Nick. Did we just lose him? Oh, we got no, Nick back. back. We're good. We're good. All right. Okay. It's clicking and it chinged. I've just been talking so much. It literally always goes to me. We talked about this pre-show. We tried it. It didn't go to me. It didn't go to me pre-show. We did. Okay. Here we go. Here it is. Run it again. Yeah. (laughs) So it can't be me. Okay. No, let's just get me out of the way. What grade do you give these players based off of expectations you had for them going into this season? So far, of course, we don't know the future, but so coming into this season, you had an expectation. You thought, Oh, this is going to be great. They came off of last season. This is what I expect. So how do you grade them compared to that? Um, so an A or an A plus would be more than I thought they were going to do. An A would be, I thought this is what they would do. Anything less than an A is like, wow, they're really underperforming. Okay. Uh, we'll just go around and it can be kind of quick. Get degrees. Yep. Just your, just your gut feeling here. Uh, we'll start with Ben actually. Uh, Chris Dickerson. His grade. Yep. For the season. Yep. Based off of how you expected him to do coming in. B minus. B minus. What do you think, Nick? C. C? What do you think, Evan? Uh, yeah, I, uh, C minus, I think, is even being nice. I just haven't ooh, heard him much. That's like, not, <laughs> that is not. Oh, ooh, ooh, page two, Evan Matty O, and now Chris now Clip it, Ben. Man he, what, is, what has he done? Like, I'm, Man, uh, he, fire he won a major Evan. and an, fire an elite Evan. or a okay. couple silvers last year, and he's not done a lot this year. Okay, so I I actually agree. I'd say a C, and I know we're only at this point in the season, and we like to overreact, but I'm giving a C. Okay, let's go around again. Um, Ezra Aderhold, let's go to Nick first. Ezra. B minus. Okay, uh, Ben. Um, From what I expected, A minus. I think he's really good. He's had a lot of really great finishes. Evan. I'm going to go A minus as well. Kind of what I expect. Some good finishes, some not so great finishes like this past weekend. uh, But those happen. I actually am going A plus. And the reason is I didn't have high expectations for him. So that when he's starting to like, he's been on lead cards this year. And I think that's significant just in and of its own. 
we're not here to argue these right now. Let's go next. He led one. Disc Golf Pro two points earlier this year. At, I think it was okay. after Vegas. He was the leader in Disc Golf. I love how the chat's involved so right within now. Within two events. Let's nice. get everybody Three. commenting. We can see two, what's happening here. Two and a half. <laughs> okay. Uh, next. I, by the way, five MPO, five FPO. Here we go. Uh, Medio. Uh, no, Medio. Medio. Um, Evan. Uh, like I don't want to seem like a oh, Medio hater. Yes, you are though. Played, you are. Has he played? Like I don't even know what he's done this year. Which kind of got my feeling. Brain. Got feeling. Has Expectation to what you feel. I I oh man, like I gotta say B plus because oh. be because uh, he hasn't underperformed expectations because he hasn't won. I'm, I'm sorry, a B plus as well, back. Evan. So right yeah. on the head, B plus, yeah. uh, Nick. Yep. Uh, I'll say B. Okay, Ben. Uh, I'm going to have to go with B plus as well. Okay. F- the ones he did play, he's he's got like 8th, 7th, 5th, and then like 30 and 24th. So. And wow. I'm bringing the stats that I didn't even know. Okay. Bradley Williams, I'll go first here. I'm giving Bradley an A. No, I'm going to give him an A plus. I'm borderline. Like, I didn't expect what I'm seeing this year. That's where I'm at. Um, Ben. Um... I don't really know. I'd give him. I don't know. I'd give him another B minus. I don't. I know he did good at. Blue He's Ridge. underperforming compared to what you expected for this I'd, year. I'd, I don't expect anything of him. He won the preserve last then year. Then he should be an A plus for you. No, uh, B minus. Yeah. I think he won. He he was close <laughs> in Blue Ridge, but other than that, I, I I don't think it's kind of what I've expected. All right, Nick. Yeah. I want to say I give him a, a B as well. I think he is a really, really good player that doesn't always consistently show it, but has had some solid finishes this year. So, I mean, like, I kind of expect a little bit more out of him. So, I think B, B minus. Wow. Okay. I I, I, you're, you're getting it. You expected more. I was going to say if this is what you expected, yeah. then it's an A. I uh, mean, he's a multiple Elite Series winner, and he's been in contention at yeah. a lot of events throughout the years. Yeah. And so, it's he's got silky smooth form with every part of his game um yeah wins are hard to come by i still think i stand by the a plus heaven yep i I gotta quickly say i think this grading system is tough because (laughs) it's guts matt i I know your kids are homeschooled i believe right like is it all they always get a's no Uh, we we grade on a curve the bell curve you know everyone comes up you get in an f minus a b minus can be a good score plenty times uh but this is a great exercise does everyone get a's absolutely not I'm going to put, give Bradley Williams an A. I think I I honestly didn't expect him to uh, compete at an event. Compete as in like be like in it to win it last couple of holes. I know he won preserve last year. I wasn't like guaranteeing that would happen this year. He already did that. That was a great showing even if he didn't take it down. Mm. Okay, last MPO. Remember, I'm going to preface it one more time. Your feelings and expectations for him this season. So what you thought versus what you feel okay i'm gonna say c yeah kevin he, jones oh i'm gonna That's say not who i was expecting i, was I, 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 we were I thought you were gonna say paul <laughs> yeah <laughs> they, well now we know your paul mcbeth oh. take um no kevin jones yeah. uh I, i'm not d is way too harsh uh, <laughs> honestly i'll go i'll go see drink right as you said that uh i'll, I'll go <laughs> C minus, to be honest. <laughs> to be honest, you expected yeah. a lot more. Um, yeah, yeah. Rogers top paid player. I'd say C as well. I, <sighs> I expect a lot more from him too. Compared to what I expected, Missed I'm going to go this B. last weekend. I might be more of a glass half full kind of guy, but it's based off of expectation, and I feel like he's positive about his finishes. So look at all last year, every social post after he came out of an event, he's like. 
oh, this is great, top 10 in a pro tour. Like, you know, like, that's what he's basing it off of. Like, he's not, like, winning things. They have to be positive. Yeah, but I'm saying he's not winning things. So, like, he's not winning things this year. I feel like he is underperforming a little bit compared to last year, but he's not, like, falling off compared. So I'm going to go B. What do you think, Evan? I'm thinking B as well. But, again, we're playing it to the game. Listen, (laughs) hear me out. We're playing it to the game. My expectations this year were low because he didn't have a great season last year. That's what I'm saying. He, I, I wasn't like, I was expecting a couple of events where he has a really good showing, gets a podium, but then a lot of just events where he just, it's a tough field and he can get lost in the competition. And I will say he was only five spots behind Eagle McMahon this past week. Ooh. So that, uh, that's, that's a harsh way to say it. I'm sorry to both of <laughs> all those parties, but yeah, looking at his record, like 62nd, 50th, 41st, 44th, excuse me, and 60th this past weekend. That is lower than what I expect, but you got to mix it in with earlier this year where he had a second, fifth, and 16. That's above what I would expect, so I'm going to kind of middle it out and say a, a B is. Okay. Yeah. Someone in the chat goes, he cost me a grip belt. I gave him an F. <laughs> I la- That's why I laughed. I read that. <laughs> that's on you. Okay, so here we go, FPO, to wrap this this segment up. Own Scoggins. Uh, ben. Uh I'd say she's she's exceeding my I'd say A. I think I think Owen's doing, exceeding is A plus. A is what you expected. Oh, A, okay then yeah. A, A. What I expected, she's still like top 2 in the world. Debatable, but it, she she's doing really well. What do you think, Nick? I wouldn't say top 2 in the world. I would say top 5 <laughs> in the world. But I mean, according to Stat um, Man, honestly <laughs> Honestly, not uh, according to ours, she's fourth in ours. No, yeah, Stat Man knows last year. Come on. What? Um, I don't know. A minus. Nope. <laughs> I give nope. it for I give it for own for A minus. Like she's literally doing exactly what I think Owen Scoggins can do, and she's kicking ass with it at the same time. So A minus. Uh, well, one, I'm going to pull up uh, Owen Scoggins in the official rankings all time. <laughs> I'm going to answer then. I think it's either A minus or B plus based off of my expectations coming into this year uh, with this current finish that she just had at OTB. It's probably leaning more towards A minus. So I'll give it that. Yeah, the best she's ever done in the Statmando official rankings is fourth, which is what she is right now. Oh, was it? So, uh, I knew she was two that. at some point. So oh, we don't. It could have been that. Discs power rankings, but <laughs> I mean, the Pro Tour does along with Statmando. So come on, I can do that. Uh, I think DG rankings, which was Steve Dodge's. I know she has been high on there. So I, I, I don't know exactly which Ben is referencing, but I don't know. I would probably, either. I would probably give Owen Scoggins an A. It's close to an A plus, and I think especially wow. this past weekend at OTB, it's mm-hmm. my expectations for Owen are get get a lot of podiums, not every single week, but a lot of times be kind of in contention to win, but somebody else is going to come out and end up winning. But it's the courses that we're seeing her play well at. I mean, OTB Open was not a course. I mean, they did shorten it a whole lot and make it a lot more suitable for the division. But this is not a course you expect her to excel at. But yes, she does. And that's happened a few other times. So it is a little bit exceeding expectations, but still not quite because it's overall still what I expect from most Goggins. Mm. Here we go. Paige Pierce. Um, Put Nick on the Nick up there. Paige Pierce. I would give a minus. <laughs> okay. And I, I say that because like, I, I almost want to say B or B plus, but she's talking about some injuries going on in her life and she's got a lot going on. So for her to still come out, she's got what? Two elite series wins now. Yeah. I give Not her. Yeah. I give her, oh, man. Did you say a minus? Yeah. Yeah. I'm following you on that one because I feel like there's a few 
events where I was like, oh man, what is happening? Like that I would have to go the minus. I almost wanted to go the A, but I'm gonna have to say A minus, uh, Evan. Uh, let me just make sure I have my my ranking calibration set up. A minus is that what you expected? No, that's a little bit less than it's just literally a little bit less than expected. A would be expected. I think A is what I'm is expected. I think at this stage, with what we've seen from Paige Pierre, we're going to expect wins, but we're also going to expect just totally lost some weekends. Just you know, her mind may not be in it, and it's not her weekend. Let's move on. And that's what we've seen this year. We've seen some events where she's just she's just not in it, whether it's mentally or the recent injury. Then we've seen some weeks where she plays amazing and no one is beating her. I, I think Paige Pierce wins this, even with Kristen Starr in the field. She looked fantastic. Again, Kristen Starr has only had six event ratings better than this, um, than what uh, Paige Pierce just did. So I, I think it's about what I expected. I'm interested. I didn't, I didn't bring up the chat at all, but I'm seeing actually a fair amount of C's, C minuses, yeah, B pluses. Yeah. People um, are crazy. Yeah, they, they, people be sleeping on Paige Pierce. They, like, they had high, we, high expectations. We have always known Paige to be someone who is either winning the competition and sometimes by a lot of strokes or someone who's just not even in contention. Like it's, you know, with a couple, you know, obviously second place finishes and all that, but yeah, she's okay. a balls to the wall kind of player. She goes for it. She tries to win, and that's what she cares about is winning. Ben, did you give a grade? I did not. Um, I'm yeah. I'm I'm gonna say B because I do actually expect a lot more for a big Paige Pierce fan. Um, well, and yeah, she's had some bad finishes, so I, I expect a lot more. My my lineup literally. If you haven't noticed, who I pick: Cat Merch, Ella Hansen, Paige Pierce. I don't I don't think I've deviated from. Those you picks. haven't picked Christmas Star once this year? I don't think so. I don't think I ever have. Probably so when we have on, on, he holds up the disc like he's the biggest fan in the world. <laughs> I had well, I had a lot of discs because she's Christian Tatar. Okay, here we go. Moving, yeah. moving on so we can get to these other segments you guys brought. Um, Missy Gannon, I'll go first here. I am going to give her a B plus. Evan. I, I'm going to be a little harsh here. I'm saying C plus. Uh, I don't know if she's truly been in the contention to win. I think Jonesboro, she was in the mix a little bit, maybe final round lead card. She's not someone who I, I wouldn't be shocked if she doesn't win an event this year, but I do expect her to at least be competing and being um, in the mix and then fairly solid overall. She's had some weeks where she's been as out of it as, you know, Paige Pierce is on her off weeks, mm-hmm. but that's what we know the roller coaster rounds. Missy Gannon is a little bit more consistent and she hasn't been that this year. I'm a little bit surprised with that without seeing the top end of the roller coaster either. Wow, the chat. I'm so grateful for you commenting. It's so insightful. Uh, Nick, we'll, we'll give him in a minute, but Nick, what do you got? C plus. I'm going to roll with Evan on this one. You expected a lot more. Uh, ben. Yeah. I'm going to go. Big money Missy, dude. I'm going to go B. She's going to hold true that nickname. I did expect. I do expect a little more from her, but I also don't expect too, too much. I think, I think she's a top five player, but she can be anywhere from one to ten every any given um week so i'm just gonna say b and that's where she's kind of fallen fallen on so quick quick reading of the chat gives me that about 50 percent of you think she's performing as you expected as yeah i'm surprised i'd say so maybe a little less there's some there's some that are saying less but half of you are saying she's performing as you expected two more ella hansen ben you're up a plus my girl ella Oh my goodness. How many girls? Cat, Ella. Cat and Ella are my all-star, just up-and-comers. Paige is just my 
my all star all star. Okay. Um, but yeah, Ella A plus. I think she's doing amazing. Almost won Waco, and um, did perform well OTB Open. She just had like a few bad holes at in the last round. Like I think she had two. She got like a seven and and then a five. But other than that, I think she's doing very well, and I'm very proud of you, Ella. I'm giving her an A. I think she's performing as expected to me. Nick. Yeah, I'll give her an A. As expected in your mind. Yeah. Okay, Evan. Yeah. Uh, see, I, I'm thinking a little bit differently. I'm giving like a B or B plus. I can't quite figure it out. But I had this trajectory for Ella uh, on this huge rise. Mm. And I think I, I think she's still getting better each week or, or overall week to week. Uh, I think it's leveling out a little bit and a little bit earlier than I would expect it to. I thought, I mean, I didn't expect her to to get to get a uh, be in the mix for a win at Waco, but I did expect something like that this year, at least to this point. And there's only been one of those uh, and ultimately didn't go her way. I am a little bit surprised that she hasn't been like really in the mix to win more often. Uh, like She faded out this OTB open was her event to get with a few others. And she didn't really totally show up as much as Paige Pierce did. Uh, you know, it sounds harsh because I think her season is definitely an A so far, but it's going on the trajectory that I think it's a little bit lower than I would have expected. Shout out to Harry Chase. If you've heard his name, he's been on Simon's vlog a few times, friend of our show. He goes, C should be meeting the standard for next time. But here's the deal. You set the standard at the beginning of the year. This is what I'm saying. You said it. You said this is the expectation. Yeah. So that's where I'm, that's where I'm going with this. You set the expectation. And so if you meet it, you get the A. That's how I see it. But I, I like I'm, that take. Harry. I'm with Harry. Okay. C's get degrees. Let's go. See, I, I actually think in life at school, I'm like, yeah, C's, C's meet. Degrees. C is meet. It's not exceeding, but it's meeting. Okay, here we go. Last one. Page shoe. Evan. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, again, I say like, He's, I, you I better give her an A I, because you expected this. Okay, that's fair. That's well, okay. So I, okay, hold on. I said I don't think she'll be a top five player this year, and I think I've been proven correct. So that is true. A, uh, so, a plus. I, I I also expected her to be in contention to be a top ten player, and I like I'll be honest, I have no clue where she's finishing. I just haven't heard her name a lot, and I don't mean that to be mean. I know uh, her and Grady are raising a baby, and she's not playing every event. I I truly don't know where she's finishing, and I obviously do a lot of the stats and research and stuff she just um, won an that's not a good thing that's fantastic uh i she can win like that sounded really sassy i'm so sorry <laughs> you really don't like Yo, Evan, yep. hey, oh my goodness. Goodness. Is totally capable of taking down any a tier across the country but based I, off worried, of your expectations coming in this year about, and the way you're feeling now tour, i think she could be a top 10 player and she is not so I, i'm gonna say b minus that's a little bit uh, nice on the nice side yeah yeah I am going to actually say, yeah, actually, I'm I'm in that same boat. B minus. I think she's underperforming compared to how I expected for this year. Um, ben, I'd say I'd say B. Okay. I, I I don't really know what to expect from her. This is her first time back ever since I've been in the scene. I was I just going to say, so yeah, I don't really know what to true, expect. True, Nick. Uh, I'll I'll go. I don't want to say a because she's meeting my expectations because I don't really have kind of that big of expectations for her this year. I think she could be a pro tour finale player, which I think is what twenty four spots in the FPO division. I think twenty. Um, uh huh. I 20. believe it's twenty. Okay, so I mean, I don't know where she's at in the standings right now, so I'll, I'll, I'll say B. 
Thank you. Yeah. Okay. B. Thank you, Todd, in the chat. He goes, "What you expect doesn't mean they will play well. It's what you thought they would do." And it's true. If you yeah. think they were doing bad this year, like coming into it, you're like, they didn't do bad, and they do that, we're like, "That's an A," because <laughs> you nailed it. It's more like you nailed it as opposed to they're yeah. nailing it. Um, yeah. Okay, that was the segment. Just, before we move on, yep. I just want to I want to clear things up. I know you got you three guys around Raz me, and I'll always take it. <laughs> I will always take it, but I want people to know, and I think Paige deserves this because Paige Shu, because she right, is on to the next segment. Nice. No, okay. She's incredibly <laughs> nice and kind. I think she absolutely could be a ten to a top ten to fifteen player. I am hoping for that. Uh, I don't think she's a top five player, and that's where this all comes from. And that ad was brought to you by Paige Shu, who paid Evan to say that. <laughs> Bro, I took it. I wish I took it. Some of the, what is she throwing this year? This I'll get some Paige Shu. Well, obviously, but I mean, what this? I'll take uh, some Paige Shu. I think it's Z ringers, ringers, something like that. Dude, nah. I took that. it with Calvin for a solid year and a half. People like he hates him. I'm like, I hope he wins. I'm just making my picks. <laughs> okay, all right. So moving on, do the selector. If it's me again, uh, we'll go to the person to my right, which I think that'll be Evan. Would be me. If it's, you oh. guys should be me. Oh, go ahead. Let's see. Hopefully it's not me. If it is, it's rigged. It's Nick. It's Nick. Oh. Nick's up. Segment with Nick. Bring it. Oh, so I'm actually bringing the segment now. Yeah, what's yours? Oh, okay. So my segment, it's, you know, no game or anything, but um, I want to talk about, I was talking with some friends this weekend about it and disc golf media. And this was obviously a very big weekend in the disc golf media world. We had Ulti Worlds kind of keeping everyone up to date, but we've also seen in the past Ulti Worlds come out with stuff a little bit premature. Mm. Um so it, it was kind of like disc golf media in general. I'm calling out Ulti Worlds because they were probably the most relatable one when it came to all the Natalie Ryan stuff. And then same thing with the Gannon Burr stuff. And then when we would have a chance, we'd be able to have our show and be able to talk about it. So let's take the Nick and Matt show, Ulti Worlds, Foundation, um, all the different podcasts that are kind of out there, Smashbox, and then just other blogging websites and everything like that. But disc golf media this past weekend just literally felt like TMZ. It was like, and I'll straight up call out Ulti World for it, but every single time <laughs> Ulti World's got something and they went out and posted about it, I'm like, I'm literally reading a TMZ article right now because they're you I'm know, laughing. the first or second to know about I the whole thing. I have to tell people then, I'm laughing real quick because it sounded very yeah. mean. You said, I'll pick on Ulti World. I laughed. Yeah. I had the previous segment in my head. So when you were saying the names of these other like media people, I was grading them based <laughs> off of how I expected them. Anyways, so yes, media is interesting. Yeah. So finish out your thought and what you want for well, feedback. Yeah, just just kind of like in obviously the way that anyone's going to know what's going on in the disc golf world is through media. I mean, we are a media channel here at the Nick and Matt show. We try to be pretty, I would say unbiased for the most part. We've had all different types of conversations roll through the Nick and Matt show. And I think we try to keep a level head for the most part when it comes to the more serious stuff. I mean, not everyone knows what my views are on my political stance or my religious stance, because I try to keep the Nick and Matt show talking about disc golf and giving other people a platform to come in and talk about disc golf as well. And what's going on in the disc golf world. But um, yeah, just this last weekend, you know, hanging out with friends and every single time a new article will pop up and it's just like, here we go. Now, I don't know, we're just reading drama the whole time and all two world was kind of the face of it coming out with all of this. So I don't know. That was really, I, I don't really know where to go from there with my segment. If you guys feel the same way. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to step in and I, I think I disagree with you, Nick. I, I, I will state, though, I don't believe I've read any of the Ulti World articles that have come out this past week with the Natalie Ryan situation. So I, I'm not up to date on those. I've been you know hearing the headlines and just uh, general chatter going on. But I, 
I think we overemphasize, and, and we being not just the Nick and Matt show, not just us four, but also just all of disc golf, we overstate what TMZ of disc golf is. I think uh, looking up facts that uh, are or having stories that aren't the prettiest do need to happen sometimes. And now sometimes they can go too far, but that's not quite TMZ level. And I think that is an important distinction because uh, TMZ to me, you know, I don't want to disrespect TMZ, but I mean, I feel like they have that uh, nature to them is it's more of like paparazzi style. And it's really like taking a, uh, a headline or a, a, a clipping and running with it in a totally different direction. And I think foundation got a lot of this uh, heat. Uh, I think it probably was during the Ricky, Ricky. Wysocki saga <laughs> going from innovative uh, to yeah. dismi- uh, the dynamic. Yeah, a lot of it. Yeah. I don't think that was TMZ at all. I think that was them hearing sources, just like we hear sources or other people hear sources and running with a story. Hey, this is a, a cool new thing trying to get views this is what we heard it's not we're making up out of thin air if i went to say if i just said right now yeah ricky waisaki is uh playing basketball for the rest of his career instead of disc golf like that would be like totally making something up and being wrong but if you know someone told me that and it was a good source and i run with it that's not tmz that's a weird scenario i'm sorry for bringing that up that made no sense uh but that's not tmz so yeah so I'm let, just trying to me, take the other side of it, and I me, stand by coming up with those stories. Let from, me give my thought, uh, Nick, and then close it out if you want. Yeah, yeah. To your point, I don't know if – I know what you mean when you're saying TMZ. I know what you mean when you're saying that. Yeah, I'm not I, saying I, it's so like we're instance, reporting on Kobe Bryant's death before yes. Kobe Bryant's family even hears about yes, it. Like It's instance, just more like the blasting mm-hmm. of articles with the more clickbaity titles. Yes. Or like, you know, is this a win-win or lose-lose situation? Or who lost right. in this situation? Stuff like yes. that. Yes. Okay. So, like, UC Mesmera was in the news last year. I think it was last year. I don't remember when it was now. Uh, legal issues. Like, reporting on that was a little bit questionable to me. I know it's related to disc golf in some ways, but it's also like not disc golf. So let the business run the business. I don't think we needed to hear about that, but maybe we do because it affects disc mania at some level. And maybe it was going to turn into something bigger in disc golf world. But that kind of thing, I'm kind of like, eh, the other thing is, I guess we're kind of picking on Ulti world a little bit here, which is good for them. They're in the topic, but um, well, they're, they're definitely the most, and I'll give Ulti world the credit for this. They're definitely the most active when it comes to any of this. Like we ourselves at the Nick and Matt show, we are active when it comes to our group chat, talking about all these things, but we really don't talk about it until Monday night at seven o'clock rolls around. And then we have our, our platform to talk about it we're not a blogging website we're not a podcast that Mm -hmm. you know is also a blogging website Um, i will say one more thing and it's not airing of grievances so much as it is like we had the chance the privilege the honor to get the exclusive interview with simon uh with his Mm -hmm. change to mvp and i had discussions with him prior to the show and i said so can we talk about your financial deal and he said i said X amount of dollars this many years. And he goes, where'd you hear that? And I said, Ulti World. He goes, I never told Ulti World that. And uh, I don't want to disclose everything here, but if you go read that article, it looks the way it is published. If you read it in the order that it is written, it it says, here's the deal. And Simon comments on the deal, but he Simon never, co- anyways, things like yeah. that make me feel a little like, come on. That was, yeah, that that was one of the bigger ones that you I'm glad you brought that up where Ulti World had come out with more stuff than they were supposed to. And maybe it was a source from inside of MVP who wasn't supposed to be talking about it as well. But 
Well, I was just yeah. going to say, my final thought on it is I bring up these topics. I think they have the right. I think they have the role in the sport to do this. I don't see anything wrong with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just a personal stance would have liked to see things differently, but everybody's their own person. So like everyone's going to look at it differently, just yeah. like, and I'm going to take this a little different direction, commentators and disc golf. Like literally you like someone or you hate someone. Everybody has a different opinion on that. I don't know that there's wrong. I wouldn't go that far at, at all at this point with Ulti World. Um, I think they are great for, I, I use them as a source. So there you go, mm-hmm. win for them. Um, all right, let's move into the next segment unless anyone wants to close that one out. Mm-hmm. Okay, Nope. let's see. Who's it going to be, Ben? Oh, if it's me or Nick, oh. it's Ben. I already went. If it's me or Nick, it's going to be going to Ben. Oh, oh, it's Evan. Ooh, it actually, went to Evan. Go ahead. All Evan. right. Well, okay. So I, I have I have two things. One's very quick because I wasn't really sure how this was going to play out. However, it's you want a little bit more like Nick. But I, I'm going to just say a statement, and you guys just kind of tell me if you agree, and we can we can go on with it. But that's the short one. Then I got a fun little game. What I want to start on is is just a general statement stop gatekeeping what this people like to throw as in if you have somebody who can only throw 250 feet and they're taking out their new calvin destroyer don't be like hey you shouldn't throw that until you're good enough you should stick to your mid ranges and nine speeds if someone wants to throw it and even if they're throwing it with bad form or whatever and they're making it work for a different shot that's awesome and that's what disc golf's about and that's what's so cool about the sport that we have all these different kinds of discs and you make work with what you have uh and i'm gonna go straight to the pro tour if if you're the person who says you need to throw 450 feet before you're throwing a destroyer or a similar distance driver uh look at what own scoggins was doing shredding the course she throws destroyers she's not the farthest thrower i don't know how far she can go on her max distance uh it's not crazy far but she throws that incredibly well and incredibly reliable and she knows what that's going to do uh what it's going to do and it works fantastic for her she has that though her disc down uh even if some you know amateur kid who can throw 500 feet kind of like ben but not ben's personality uh as in ben you're really good and you throw far that's my point i'm uh, going I'm here not that great. i'm trying to get better uh but i can throw far no ben Thank you me. are but ben if you had a bad attitude with you you would uh condescend people uh because of your skill is what i'm going at that's a weird analogy i'm sorry i'm all over the place today uh so i i just don't think people should do that let people throw what they want uh because discs are cool yeah i thought that i'm just gonna echo off of that i thought that's always a thing they'd be like hey you can't throw a destroyer you can't throw a nuke nick i was throwing Oh, like glow OS. Matt, nukes. Matt got me hooked on forces and nukes like three weeks into me playing <laughs> because, and I still can't throw them well. I, I think, yeah, it's funny. That's so funny because I do throw them okay now. I had this conversation with my dad this week. Shout out to my dad if you're listening. There you go, dad. Hope I put a smile on your face. So, if we talked about the discs come out, here's how it should fly. Here's what the flight path. Here's how it looks. And it's like for who? For which player? For you know? So I think you're totally right. If I choose to throw an overstable disc because Nick knows I can do flex turn like force overs, yeah. a backhand, like I think, yeah, do it, man. Throw the stuff that's good for you. I will say this last thought with kids in mind. I give them like from their young age, like a 115 DX leopard, let them beat it in. It's like a paper plate. If you can learn how to throw that, you understand the flight of a disc because you have to have t- touch and control. And it's really cool to see. But, um, that was I would one. never gatekeep someone out of buying a disc, especially if they're like, oh, it's just a really pretty disc. I want to buy that. <laughs> Absolutely. Go by all means and do it. You might not be able to throw it very well, but that's where the conversation now comes in. 
Oh, he froze Ooh. up. What was your second thought, Evan, or topic? Did you have one? Uh, yeah, this was going to be a, a quick game where we're back. just. Oh, you're back. Yes, you are. But Evan's already right. into the game. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, we're in a game now? Yeah, yeah we are. <laughs> Welcome. So, well, let, really quick. Let me just finish up what I was saying. But I would never gatekeep someone out of a disc. But, you know, if that amateur, like below amateur player is buying a destroyer and trying to throw that, you know, in the woods and trying to make it do what it's really not supposed to do. That's when I would say, like, hey, what about, you know, toning down to a speed seven, speed eight, speed nine or even some kind uh, of mid range. Can I just give my opinion anyways. real quick? Give it, Ben. All right. I can throw far, whatever. That's what people tell me. Um. And I think a lot of that had to do me throwing forward was obviously working on my form, but I think a lot of it had to do was me just trying over and over to throw the destroyer. Yeah. At first it was terrible and it hooked and, but the more I tried to get it over lakes and the more I lost it in whole nine buff, the better I got and the, and the more I just kept trying. And then eventually, Oh, I started getting a little turn out of destroyer. So, but did you keep trying? Did you keep trying to throw a destroyer on wooded courses? Oh no! Or did you I mean, go out? Or I, I did you go out into a field and practice? It was more like destroyers? open, open bomber. I think I had the knowledge yeah. that no, I'm not going to throw a destroyer in the woods. It was more like like hole one Maple Hill, like blues. I can literally like walk up and like throw a putter now. But before I couldn't even make it over, so I I would huck my heart out, you know, trying just trying to learn how to make it over water. And I don't, I'm not saying that's a best method. Like you'll probably lose a lot of discs, but that's just what I did. I just kept trying, and I didn't care if I lost it because you know one day I knew I was gonna get over that water. You did, and that's a good mm-hmm. analogy for life. All right, so Evan, what's your game? All right, quick game is just I'm gonna name a player, and you're gonna tell me their best place they've ever had in the disc golf pro tour standings mm. by any by any week not just mm. year end not just where they are this current week wow like if i say ricky waisaki it's going to be first One. because he is led at, at at multiple points but it could have been you know after you know the second event in 2016 you know wait that's, you're that's saying their best finish their best finish ever they're, their best uh, placing by any any week. So uh, okay. ex- another example is Luke Sampson was leading Disc Golf Pro Tour points after so uh, it's both. Points. Oh, it's points yeah, after both Lake Marshall and New World. It's points. Mm-hmm. I understand. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I, what I'm going to start off with is is Emerson Keith. Um, I actually don't have where they are in the Disc Golf Pro Tour points right now, but it's where Emerson Keith uh, was best in disc golf pro tour points. What was his highest place he has ever been after any event. So here's how it's going to go is it's going to go in order. Let's go. Nick Mac, Nick, Matt, Ben, uh, you guys will go off of the other person and it's going to be prices, right? Rules. So if everyone is too high, then the point goes to me. So somebody could just say one because they think everyone else is too high. So that's where the benefit to the last is. And then we'll rotate around. So Emerson Keith, what was his highest disc golf pro tour point standings place after any event? Let's go chat uh, since 2016, <laughs> not just this year, since 2016, Don't look at Emerson the chat. Keith, they're going to look it up. Best, best uh, standings place he has ever been. Nick. How could they look uh, that up? I don't know. <laughs> 34th, 34th. Ouch. Man hates Emerson. 18, Keith. 10th. All right, this was an easy one. Point goes to me. He was third in disc golf pro tour points what? in 2020 oh, wow. after the silver oh, cup, which one? was a silver event. <gasps> I didn't play the game. I don't know. I didn't play the right. game. Dang it. This see oh, right. This, yes, I get so over the price. Point is with right me. There, we don't though. have points, but Evan okay. has one. We're starting with Nick, then Nick, Ben, Nick. You could have picked one. So Nick, you finish it out. Thinking. Let's go, Eric Oakley. Am, am I or is it always Nick? Yeah. 
no matt you're first this time eric oh oh man so being last is easy Best okay disc golf yeah. pro tour points standings place he has ever been after any event 14 i'll go i'll go third <laughs> Wait, you're I saying third? See, that's see that's good right there because Nick has yeah. to gonna yeah. get in between. He no, can go. I, I'm not gonna play the oh, let me do the cheap one. No, it is. Low. That's the point of this game. It's price no, is right. well, we're not playing for money. I'm gonna go seven. All right. Well, hey Nick, that was a pretty good guess because you're right. It was seventh Whoa, after 2018 wow. Jonesboro. All right, moving on to the next one. We got Yakub Semerad, starting with Ben. <sighs> oh, we got a point I for love Nick, point for me. I talked to him one time and I said adios to him and he said adios in, a, in his <laughs> accent and I love that. He, we're very sweet guy. Yaku, we Is love that you. How you say goodbye in Czech? No, in um uh, in Spanish. He, I was vending this and he wanted to buy one of my discs and I was like, oh, like no, yeah, no problem. Like sorry, I don't have it. And then and then I just said adios. He said adios. <laughs> Anyways, nice, that's fun. It's a moment. Right, Yakub Semerad, best place um, he's ever been after disc golf pro tour points. I'm going to go seven. No, seven. Whoa. Yeah, seven. <clears throat> All right, Nick. Uh, 24th. Oh, Nick, you did it to me. I was going to go 20, but I feel like. Go 20. No, he did seven. I'm going to do eight. Uh, <laughs> no, you'd want right. to do six. You'd want to do six. Nope. The answer is 44th. So that goes to Nick. Yeah. Nick's leading with two points. Uh, All right. Over to FPO, we have three more, and then we'll finish up. Uh, Emily Beach, best disc golf pro tour standings point she's ever been. Nick, we're starting with you. Third. Um, what are you gonna do, Ben? Um, no, Ben's gonna do one. fourth. Okay, fifth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, point goes to Ben. It is ninth in oh, 2022 after no, DDO. No, no, no. I thought I nailed it with four. All right, we got two for Nick, one for Ben, one for myself. Uh, I, I do better than this than I've ever done in stat or fiction or ABCs, knowing what the scores are. Uh, when there's no scores, I remember better, I guess. Yeah. Uh, let's go Maria Oliva, starting with Matt. Eight. Who's up? Me. Ben. I'm going to go. I'm going to go one. Destroy him, Nick. Do two. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, I should have had three. <laughs> Two. No. All right. The answer is third. Point goes to Whoa, Nick. And I, I think that clinches said, it. I said three. Mixed, I, I, I almost went three. three. I said I Nick, said I should have said three. But Darn it. Nick, you got the point either way. So Nick has <laughs> three. Ben has one. I, I have one. Play the it, game is, right. it is clinched for uh Nick. Nick has one. Congrats, Nick. But let's do the last one for fun. Stacy Hass. Best disc golf pro tour point she's ever been after any event. Who starts it? Uh, this is ben. Uh, ben this time. Ben, Nick, Matt. I'll go fifth. Ninth. Oh, Nick, every time. I'm going to go like, I was going to go like 20th. You went 23rd or something. I'm going to go eight. You go nine. I'm like, I should go with eight, but I'm going to play one. It's probably eight. I'm going 10 though. All right. Sm- I think that was the smarter one. Yeah. Point goes to Matt. It is 18. Oh, 18. it was actually after Las Vegas challenge this season in 2023. Okay. I thought it might have been it? after the Tallahassee Boom. Open. Good I game. thought that like that was her chance for that win. Give me my money. Yeah, I should I should have looked like when those. Oh, but that's a silver event. She would have gotten like twenty five yeah. points, right? You no, know, silver silver's last year when they were only twenty five. Yeah, now they're fifty. Never mind. So, yeah, bad idea. Okay, 
Um, so that was it. So we're gonna let the picker pick who goes next. Oh wait, I guess it's Ben. Yes. All right, Ben. You're oh, right. we haven't done this music too much oh. today. There, next oh. up, Ben, Kenny. Right. So this is another game. I actually came up with a game before Games. Evan. Sorry. Game night on the Nick and Matt show. Um, yeah, and before Matt. Oh yeah, I guess. Anyways, um, so this t this game is called Recency by Us. Oh, <laughs> goodness. All right. all right. Recency by us. Um, basically, we had a season, this golf pro tour season last year. I'm just going to test to see how well you guys paid attention to the silver events. And basically, it's a simple game where you're going to, I'm going to give you an event. You're going to write it down in your head. Don't change it. The MPO winner and FPO winner of that event. See if you remember. <laughs> Like six events, or are you going to pick how many you're doing about? I mean, yeah, I could do six. It's I'm just going <laughs> okay. down the list. You right. want to do six? Well, I don't know if we do there's all eight, 20. There's only oh, eight. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. we no. can do it. No, eight. it's only silver. I could have done Pro Tour. But... Oh, okay. Here we go. Anyways. This is last year. Yeah, last year. Okay. So we're going to start with the open at button. So just think in your head. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, yeah. It, cause it's, it's who won? It's, yeah, who won? It was pretty recent. And, uh, okay. I think it's easy but hard. So call on us. All right, I, I'm set. Yeah, go ahead. I'm we'll good. we'll go. We'll just go down the list. We'll go Nick first. Chris Dickerson, Katrina Allen. Correct. Oh, All right. Wait, should I say correct or? <laughs> you don't have to. Okay. I, I said Cat and Ricky. Okay. It was Cat and Dickerson. so Nick mm. and Evan get two points. Matt gets one. Yeah. So I guess I'll actually write it down. Yeah, yeah, write it down just yeah. so we can. For the keep audio track. listeners, I held up Dickerson and Katrina Allen. Just want to. No, he didn't. That. He had something else. That <laughs> was the smartest Nick. He's a liar. All right. As soon as Ben says correct, I'm like, tick, 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 yeah. Dickerson. <laughs> yeah, I know. I forgot. I was like, wait, should I say correct? Um, and if you're playing this in the chat or in the car, you can play along. Let us DM us what what you. If scored. you're driving, don't write your answers. Oh down. yeah, true. But DM us after what you scored. Um, Music City Open 2022. Who won? FPO, MPO. Oh, dang it. Ooh, Matt's going to fall behind two more. Or just one more. <laughs> you had one of them last time. All right, I'll stop talking trash if I can't get it right. <laughs> All oh, right, dang. just let me know when you guys are ready. I'm good. Um, I need five more seconds. Uh... Four, three, two. I, I don't have it right, one. FPO, but or MPO maybe either. But here we go. All right. Why don't, why don't we go with Matt first? Yeah, Mason Matt. Ford and Missy Gannon. It's not Missy Gannon, but I couldn't think of who it was. All right. Should I go next? Yeah. I got it wrong. <laughs> no, because I think Matt had FBO you, right. Yeah, Gannon is right. Missy oh, Gannon. I actually had FBO yeah. right, but not. Yeah. Good job. I wrote Matt. Dickerson and Pierce, but yeah, didn't Mason Ford win it? Or was that no, Mason Ford was the year before. Dickerson won it. Oh. Mason Ford was the year before. I was just couldn't. When it was a national tour. That was with Haley King. I believe. And I was right. going to pick Haley King, but I was like, tour. I don't think it was that year. So anyways, I got one again. Wait, so was it, it was Dickerson and Gannon? M yeah. Missy Gannon, yes. Yeah. So you get none. Well, yeah, I get obviously. one. I got two now. I'm tied with Nick. Evan's in the lead. Three. I got four. Oh, okay. yeah. Four, I, you got wait, are we getting a point per person? Yeah, yes. point per person. Oh, then I have three. Yeah, you get got three. Dickerson that makes that the most oh, sense to me. Um, open at Tallahassee. 2022. F MPO, FPO. All right, I'm set. <laughs> Evan's going to kill this. All right. <laughs> if I get one wrong, I'm actually going to be bummed. I'm going Calvin and Hokum. Wait, Nick Cash oh at this event. I didn't realize yeah. that. 
Good job. Yeah, yeah, last cash. I made a 400 foot flick on the final hole to cash. It was sick. <laughs> Um, 400 foot throw am i wrong no no no, like i it it was an elevated pyramid basket and i threw a really really good flick to go like 15 feet behind it it matt matt Matt, you got both wrong yeah i don't even think either of those players were there Matt. all right so you already said it matt (laughs) oh wait what event was this open at tallahassee yeah yeah Oh, I was thinking of the other Florida event. What was the and other it's one? It's funny, too, because Matt was Whoa. just talking about who won the event in FBO because yes. of the points. <laughs> it's Stacey Hass. I know who it is. I was thinking, what's the other event that was in Florida? Yeah, New World? Yeah, New World. Didn't no. that right either. It was a different event. I'll have to remember what it is. Throw down the mountain. Mm-mm. Someone in the so chat will right. fill me in. Well, but anyways, I'm wrong. Evan, I think you were supposed to be first. But go uh, yeah, I got Evan. Tom and Haas. Haas. Yeah. Yep, Evan's correct. Tom and Haas. Good job. What's the event that Calvin won in Florida? Uh, a lot, I know, but it was used to be on the Pro Tour. It's not anymore. Uh, this is a trivia question no for you. Used to be on the Pro Tour. Silver not been in Florida. It's not been in Florida besides the uh, I don't uh, remember Pro Tour Championship in New World. Yeah. I'm way off my rocker. Like I'll figure national it out tours, later. maybe. Yeah, I'll figure it out later. Maybe it was in Arkansas. Alrighty. Um, next one, next Masters, Masters Cup. Cup. Yep, oh, <laughs> Evan. This is too easy, dude. You are a recent Masters Cup last year. I should have done the Elite Series. I was thinking about it, but that would have been easier. I know, not not, but there's so many. That's the thing. Oh there, man, there's actually one that I'm going to struggle with. Oh, I got that one. Yeah, yeah, I know who won that one. I'm thinking ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I I don't know. Uh, brain freeze. Oh. oh no, there is one I don't. Oh man. Sorry. I'm I'm thinking so ahead you, and talking out loud. Evan, are you six for six or eight for eight? How many have we done? Uh, six for six. Hamas okay. was close. I'm five. I'm five for six. Hamas was close at this event. I don't know why that's standing out to me. Proctor was on the lead uh, card. I feel like, but I don't know who. Five won. seconds, man. I don't know. Five. I don't have. Hey, any. fun fun fact: the FPL leader was off the chase card. Yeah, I don't know. That just tells cool. me how important silver events are to me. All right. All right. I think Evan, I started this ahead. one, but yeah. Gannon Burr, Gannon Burr. I wrote Cat Allen. That's not right. Evan, you're too good. Show us, Evan. <laughs> Show us the way. Uh, it is Gannon Burr and Sarah Hokum. Correct. It, the, of course, okay. there's a Hokum pick. Ella Hansen is <laughs> leading in the final round. So yeah, eight for Sarah Hokum won from the right. chase card. Did you get both only one of them? Oh, yeah. No, only I didn't one of two make a pick. chase card wins on tour. Yeah. That, right, that event next? I'm thinking of Beaver is going to drive playing. me Let's crazy. Go. Beaver State playing correct is 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 the next one. It seems like Evan's going to run away with this, but I don't know silver events. Like I don't. I guess I that's why I picked it. Beaver State playing. I guess uh, Portland Open was kind of the exciting one last year. I know Eagle wanted to play it or did. All right, I'm all set. And no idea. Matt is struggling. No, I literally don't care about silver events, and they they don't either. Okay, go. But yes, I am losing. I'm I'm, I'm upset. Wait, hold on. I'm going to go last because I know I'm right. Go ahead, man. All right. You want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Garrett Gerthy, Cat Allen. All right. That's Beaver State. That was Portland Open, wasn't it? No, Simon won. I got one for two. I know that. Haley King and Chris Dickerson. Nope, none. Garrett Garrett Gerthy and Val Manduhano. Yeah, Evan's just 
just good at this. Mandy Hato did the Oregon sweep. Why do you know That's these right. silver events? Is it because you do <laughs> the stats? It's literally his or do you job. actually care? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is it because I, of that? We're, or do we're you... actually not contracted for silver events. Okay. I just no, I know right. things. All right. No, Garrett Garrett Gerthy, he won after uh missing out after flopping open, at and then, Portland. And I then Val them. went back to back Oregon events. Man. They right. just don't stand out to me as much. Is Sula next, not Mid America. Or is it Mid America? Uh, don't be Mid America. That's the so one. So the mid no Sula's next. Good job. Okay. All right. PCS Sula. Yes. I, Silver event. I'm like, Thank you. Harry Chase. You were the man. I just saw in the chat late. I know it's delayed. Vintage open. It was in Arkansas. I said it maybe it was in Arkansas. Vintage open. That was that Sarah was Hyber- Holcomb and what, Calvin. It was Holcomb. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I knew I had I an event. Know what event yeah, that was thinking the wrong event. And yeah, of course, cool I knew. Course. I knew Stacy won like Tallahassee yeah. because yeah. Tallahassee. Hass, yeah, that yes, was the big, I knew it was. That was the big. That's right, okay. Sula, Everyone knows I'm dumb. All right, Sula, I'm gonna give you guys a hit. You got to know one of them. You have to. <laughs> the other one you're not gonna get. But the is this one a Greg Barsby one? Sula. I mean, you got to write this stuff down. We can't, we can't answer these for you. Hunter, my son upstairs would have been great to have in the room for this game. You should have invited yeah. him down. Hunter would have been my right best. Now. You should have invited him. <laughs> Well, I didn't know we were playing this game. <laughs> That's a good point. All right. I like keeping my good? games a secret until it's good? time. Yeah, go ahead, Nick. Uh, Greg Barsby and then Anakin Stein. Stein. Matt, go ahead. Uh, Greg Barsby. I don't know FPL. <laughs> I, I, I think you're right, Nick. I'm not 100% sure, but yep. I did Barsby and Sten. Barsby and Sten, Steen. Yep. Wow. Oh, wow. I actually got that right. Steen, but it's pronounced Sten, I believe. Okay. Cool. It was a good game. Hannah, Hannah will yell at me because All I right. butchered another year. Mid America's next. Oh, right? there's two more, man. I'm sorry. This is a good game. <laughs> sorry, to rate it. Kyle Klein. <laughs> you gotta write it. <laughs> this man's thinking out loud. You, you gotta write it down. <laughs> Kyle you gotta Klein. remember 20, 2022, Matt. 2022. Kyle but Klein. Hold on. I Gannon. actually. I actually don't know the FPO winner for Mid-America, so I got to either. Missy Gannon, I think, was in it to win it, but I don't think that she did. I'm saying it out loud. All I right. don't think I it got was my guesses. Missy. Yep. I'm, hold on, hold on, hold on. Three seconds, Evan. Just go. <sighs> Five, four, okay, four, okay. three, three. I'm going for it. This is a guess. Two, right. This is a guess. One. Ahead, oh, wait, so are you – you're perfect so far, right, Evan? Yeah, this is, this is my first – the FPO so pick for this is my only guess so far. You're 12 for 12. I'm 9 for 12. Matt's – who one probably adds, I probably have four points. Three yeah. For, yeah. You might have negative points at this point. Yeah. Uh, I wrote Alden Harris and Haley King. All right, Matt. Haley, Haley King's not right. I don't think so. Who did I say? Sorry, I said Kyle not the commentator. Oh, yeah, Kyle no, Klein and... Gannon was in it to win it, but I don't think she did. Okay, but I'm saying that. Kyle Klein and Miss All right. Did Hokum win those? I did Alden Harris and Sarah Hokum. Am I a year earlier? Missy like, Gannon was not in this yeah. event. Anyways, I'm, I'm way earlier. Um, Evan, you are correct. <laughs> what? It was okay. I thought she won two last year. I think I I'm thinking of 2021. Let's yeah, go. you were in 22. Or 21, Matt, sorry. <laughs> All right, what's next? Butler County? Yep, and that's it. Butler. I mean, we could do the wraparound events, but well, let's just stick right. with... I'm easy, serious easy, when I say I don't even know Butler County was a silver event. Like that's I do one, not... That's the one in silver uh, events Pennsylvania are like, right before Worlds. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, seriously. Matt, Matt no you wanna, do, do you even want to guess? Of, no. It was kind of Pittsburgh, but it kind of wasn't. No guess. Come on. If you had to guess someone to win. No, because I don't even someone, know the event. It was, it was argued as the greatest round last year. Yes. In MPO. In MPO. Just guess an FPO winner. Just guess an FPO winner. No idea. Who wins a lot on the FPO scene? 
Kristen Tatar. Like a lot. Yeah, there you go. Wow. Nice Now, guess. who had arguably one of the best rounds in the world last who year? Who is the best? Uh, who is know. just so wholehearted in this life? <laughs> Joel Freeman. <laughs> so, good job. I'm, this is an interesting thing. I knew thing. Evan knew that, so we could give that away. But yeah, Tatar. This is an interesting thing, and it's actually revealing something to me, and I don't know if anybody else agrees or like, no, Matt, you're alone. I would actually... I don't want to say I'm proud of myself, but I would have been, I would have said, Hey, I think I could do pretty good with disc golf pro tour events, but apparently not silver events. And I'm not sure why I picked them. Is it because there's not a lot of coverage? Is it my brain saying no? Cause I watch every event, even the silver events, but is it just saying to my brain, like these aren't important. So they doesn't implant it. You know, there's I don't a, know. There's just a lot I of events going on. Like I, I, I am yeah. pretty sure we had Joel on after that round. Yeah. Too. But if you Did do you? elite events, Yes, but I wasn't here. That's right. Now I remember. (laughs) I wasn't. Anyways. Um, But if we did this game with Elite, let's do that next week. Let's do it with Elite events and let's see how we do. Wait, but you can't look it up. (laughs) No, I won't look it up. No, no no one can look it up. We'll just pick a different year then. Go back like five years. Oh, yeah, true. I I can pick a different year. I can do that. That'd be so hard. (laughs) What'd you say? 2015? Yeah. World Tour events. I'm kidding. I don't think I would do well with that. I mean, I I could do 21. I, I think mean, it was 2017. Would that, would that strike tour, a chord in anyone? I, I forget what year. I think yeah. it was 2015 to 16. and then No. Like, 21 would be hard. I don't it know. would have been 20. Oh. <laughs> I think it was 2017 because I remember it was the big announcement. Another tour is coming into the scene. I thought it was 2017, the year after the pro tour started. I'm so yeah. glad Davey Fades said, I can't remember my mom's birthday. Y'all too smart for me. I'm like, I'm there with you on these silver events. So that was um, recency. Do you Bias. remember this is random now? This is totally off of this golf. Do you remember back in the day when you were watching the video podcast before you were part of the team? Before I was part of the team. And I was sounding out a name. And it was Jer- Jeremy. It was, Jeremy. It was Jeremiah. Oh yeah. But the way they had written it was Jeremia. And Jeremia. that is a memory. I still have the clip somewhere. I'm like, is that Jeremia? And someone's like, yeah. dude, that's Jeremiah. I reached out to you and I had my girlfriend try and pronounce it, and she said the same thing. Jeremia. <laughs> And then a month later, I was on the show. That's true. Literally. (laughs) Jeremia. Anyways, thank you to our chat. We love it. Uh, Evan is so sassy tonight. Thank you, Daniel, for that one. Um, (laughs) Evan's always sassy. sassy every night, yeah. Sometimes. I will just say this. Evan saying... I'm gonna have to disagree with you, with you, Nick. Is the most Kearns thing ever. Man just yeah. always has to debate, oh, yeah. even if he doesn't believe it in his heart. <laughs> He's just like, I'm gonna have to bring this up. That's interesting. I don't know. I don't know if it's true I, if you don't believe in your heart. I think yeah. it's just funny. You always have your own opinion, and I love it. It's good for I the show. I can always pick a side. That's funny because on, not. it's it's the same way on Twitter as well. I'll always comment on Evan's stuff, and we'll go back and forth. And it's just Evan's like my guy to just have fun arguing with nice glad always up for that it. was sassy too glad why <laughs> no it wasn't sassy i just didn't know what to say nice. glad we've learned we've learned a lot about you tonight Evan. We've yeah we can a lot about you. we can argue about the uh Jokic mvp <laughs> debate guy had to whine for two years and finally got it mm. oh, that's in my mind recently too but Is that, are you wearing a yoga jersey no i'm wearing a nuggets jersey i don't have a Jokic jersey Emmanuel Moutier. Got it for like 30 bucks, so that's how I buy my jerseys. <clears throat> Let's play a game. One more game. And it is closing out game. I'm playing an amateur only event this weekend. Three rounds, one round a day, tea times, MA1. 
You probably don't care about round ratings, but I don't know how to do pars and all that. So where is this? What do you think I'm going to average for a rating? I'm currently 938 rated. What am I going to average? The hollows north and south in Birch Park. Nope, just hollows north and south. Oh, it's not round. Oh, really? It's not Birch Park. Do you know what layout? Short to long. I'm 938 rated. What am I going to average? It's just for the event. Short to long. Yep. Well, you don't have to throw a distance driver there, so yeah, you're gonna have gonna to like 965. 960. I'll be happy with yeah. that, Nick. 960. You're gonna put your 951 off. Uh, I'll say you, you play your rating. 930. <sighs> That's under my rating. 938 is my rating. 38? Is this the New yeah. England Amateur Disc Golf Championships? Yep. Oh, I got third there. All right. Well, did you say a rating event average, Evan? I said 951. Okay, 951. So Nick's the nicest one tonight. He has the most hope. Yeah. I'll say 935. I have the most then. hope. I, I, I won an A tier there last year. I believe in you, Matt. All right. Here we go. Close it out, Nick. Everybody, we do very much appreciate you all tuning in on this wonderful Monday night. Uh, One of the biggest things that we can take away from this last weekend is definitely go out and try to be a kind person out there in the world. There's a lot of stuff going on and just do your best to be kind. I always say it every single week. Tell someone you love them. Everyone say that to your important people in life. You never know what anyone is going through. But uh, thank you for tuning in tonight. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thank you, everyone, for the 9,000-plus subscribers that we have so far. Check us out on all your favorite podcast platforms. To all the mothers out there, happy belated Mother's Day. We'll catch you in the next one. Tell someone you love them this week. Dude, chat, you're awesome. Even the guy who said 899 event rating. Uh, ben, you're awesome. Nick, you're awesome. Hey, this ain't me. Evan, you're awesome. Peace out, everybody. Until next time. Yep. Love your neighbors. The Nick and Matt Show, a disc golf podcast designed for you, the disc golfer. Find The Nick and Matt Show on your favorite podcast platforms or join the conversation live on YouTube.